pound puppies. Oh, no. Much different as a noun than as a verb. Yep. You know? It would be an adjective in that case, I think. But, yeah. yeah. It could but be. But yes. Yeah. yeah. No, you um, you hit the nail on the head there. It's not good. Like, it's much better no. if you're just like, yeah, it's the name of them. They're puppies from the pound. Do you Do you think it's possible that they started with pound pussies? <laughs> and they were like, no, that's too, that's too, that's too obvious. What if that was the original concept, though, where it was supposed to be like a really discreet, kind of like the, like how the flashlight started off, where it's like, oh, it's just a flashlight, but it's actually a pocket <laughs> pussy. And somebody had this idea that's just like, oh, it's like an adult toy hidden inside of like a cute plush uh, doll that you keep on your shelf or whatever. But when nobody's around, you pound it. Pound so the it's like shit a, out of it. It's a pound puppy. You know what I mean? Jesus. (laughs) Yucky. But then they turned out so cute. They were just like, let's just market it to kids Mm -hmm. and uh, take out the, the, you know, sex toy aspect of it. And I think we'll do fine. And they did. Yeah. I like the concept of somebody walking around the woods with a fleshlight. Yeah. Like they got it wrong. They were like, oh, you're supposed to take fleshlights out into the woods. (laughs) All wrong, huh? This isn't helping. I don't know. I mean, I can fuck it, but I can't see any better. It's not helping me tell my scary story, illuminating my face from underneath around the campfire. <laughs> I wanna, yes, I want to see really embarrassing. holding a flashlight under their chin, telling Ooh. a scary story. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just like, "Ugh, that looks freshly used." It's not scarier, but it is weirder. I guess <laughs> seems a little personal. I don't really know that you should drag sure. that out here. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome, amigos, hey. to Il Ultimo Podcast, Contus Amigos, es mi tío Ben. Y mi Hollywood Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit hard to I was going to try off, to say Hollywood in, in Spanish, but it's like, it would just be Hollywood, right? Probably just be Hollywood, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we are, of course, the greatest podcast that you have ever known. It is the newest installment of Dead and Lovely. And today we are talking about the Hitkaher. The Hit, the Hick, Hick, Hickter. We're talking about Hitch with uh, Will Smith. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Finally getting to Hitch. Like, we've been talking about it for years. Oh, forever, Just, man. So scary. Yeah. So intense, man. Yeah. We finally are doing it. If you want to get straight onto the movie uh, review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description, but you're going to miss the good stuff, huh? I just went to dang Mexico. I went to another country. You want to hear about that, don't you? Huh? 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. So if you get straight to the movie review, you're going to miss all kinds of good catching up and chin wagon. So do it if you want to, but I probably wouldn't personally. Also, at the end, there will be a test. On yeah, you the entire on. podcast, mm-hmm. including yep. the 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 closing bit that's always like real dumb. So yeah, you better yeah you better you better listen to the whole thing real closely. You don't want to fail mm-hmm. this test. No, better take notes or we're gonna kick you off of listening. We <laughs> yeah. have that power. You think <laughs> we, we don't? Do. <laughs> we do though. So yeah, just a know. switch too. I just flip a mm-hmm. switch and then every service just blocks you. Yeah, Crazy. exactly. I have a, a red phone that rings whenever uh-huh. somebody uh, you know doesn't pass the test. Right, it rings, and then I pick it up and I tell them cut them off, and then they do. Yep, cut them the fuck off. You say, mm-hmm. 
Exactly, uh-huh. and it's permanent. It goes on a yeah. permanent record. So, it, oh shit, you don't want to do that. I re- where do they keep the permanent records? Like, that's a good question. Is there like a local repository for each permanent record? And when you move, do they send it to there? Do you think with me being homeschooled that my mom just has like a book of every time I was an asshole and that's my permanent record? <laughs> Is that possible? I do think it's highly probable, in fact. And yeah. she regularly goes back to it just to remind herself. What a yeah, and make asshole. additions. Yeah. yeah. Permanent record. It's going down in the book. Damn, man. <laughs> Has your permanent record ever come back to like bite you in the ass? Has this ever been a problem for you in your life? Um, I do not believe so. Um, not yet, huh? Uh, you know what? I got in, okay. So I got uh, in school suspension in in high school, and uh, when I applied to UT from Walter State Community College, mm-hmm. they asked me about like they sent me a a letter specifically about it, asking me to explain what happened. Oh. <laughs> Yep. So I guess it kind of did, but I still got in. So not really. Well, who knows what is to be seen about how the permanent record is going to come back and get you later on in life. I feel like it's been a couple of weeks since I've done this. I think that there was some uh, there was some some Joag offs on the show last week, huh? Bunch of Joag offs. Yeah. You ever call them that? Uh, Yeah. yeah, Corey and Mark were here last week. We had a good old time talking about bad taste. Thanks, y'all. Um, I still need to watch that movie. Um, I ha- you, so I haven't yeah. listened to the episode yet because I've not seen the movie. You should uh, watch it. I hope that the, the preview palace on that was just like, why Ben sucks? And it was just a bunch of like trash talk, right? <laughs> yeah, that was it. It was, I mean, it was the longest preview palace to date. So Holy shit. Yeah. No, not in reality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In reality, it was not that long. But if we had talked about why Ben sucks. Of course, it would have gone, you know, Lord of the Rings link. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would have been long and strong. <laughs> uh, you guys would have borrowed my mom's permanent record book and just read the whole thing <laughs> yes. cover to cover, right? The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, age three, peed his pants. What a little pee pants. What a dickhead, man. What a damn dickhead. <laughs> well, it's good to be back in the saddle again. I'm going to crack myself a co-beer here to celebrate. I actually got up, like, kind of early today, so... I'm uh, okay. I'm like nearing that 12-hour mark of being conscious without booze. Why would I be doing that to myself? So I have yeah, no, a, that's torture. a very American Paradise Park American lager from Urban South Brewery in New Orleans. New some of that, some of that uh-huh. real Creole beer from down on the bayou. <laughs> down on the bayou. Onions. Gator. Mirepoix. <laughs> Beignets. Got that holy trinity in there. <laughs> you got to make a rule before you eat this beer, son. Go Tigers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This should be good. It's got little pink flamingos on the can. It's 4.4%. It says it's an all malt lager with Huel melon hops. This easy oh. drinking beer is perfect for the Louisiana climate. Which I imagine is kind of different than the climate we got going on here. We had a little cold spell again here in Tennessee, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not too terrible, though. It's like a nice moderate temp, but because we hit 88 the other day, I was like, I was already in summer mode. Oh, yeah, man. 
Now it's time to bust out the long pants again and yeah. wear your Yuck. long handles and your long pants and everything long. Just long, the whole thing. You got How's you a that? co-beer to sip on? No, sir. I got me uh, spicy water. It is a oh, you're straight water. Edge. Zero calories, caffeine-free, 12 fluid ounces. Oh, my. Mm-mm. Okay, this beer is pretty good. It is just a nice drinking lager-type beer. There is okay. maybe a little bit of a melony hoppiness to it, but not much, honestly. Not a whole lot um, of dang old frog pond hops going on inside <laughs> of that thing. It is very refreshing. I think Get you'd like yourself this guy. a frog pond hop. <laughs> I need to buy you. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? what is this? Cage making? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right what it is. Yeah. Need to buy you a boy. <laughs> We're going to go down and do some fishing for some mud bugs called crawdads. <laughs> Fishing with the Mirepoix. <laughs> we fish with the Mirepoix. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, in Louisiana, crawdads are like, no, I ain't no in- I ain't interested unless it's the Trinity, baby. <laughs> Man, there's probably going to be a time within our lifetimes where, like, doing the New Orleans accent becomes, like, really offensive, like, extremely offensive, and we're going to, like, get... You know, nah. cancel at age ninety for this. Nah, well, we can always no do way. it. You think it'll always be okay? Because we, the Earth won't make it to ninety. Well, oh yeah, it's probably a good won't. point. No, <laughs> yeah, the Earth will be fine. It's yeah. the people that ain't gonna stick around. No, You're probably I think, right about that. I think a Southern accent. If you if you naturally have a Southern accent, all Southern accents are on the table, and no one can get offended. Unless I think that sounds right. Pussies from Alabama. Uh oh, Alabama slammies. What? Roll Tide, more like suck my ass. <laughs> Just coming in hot yeah. on Alabama today. Damn, dude. Cold <laughs> as ice. Yes, indeed. I was absent from the show there last week because I was in dang old Mexico. Yeah? Oh, Mexico. Sounds so <laughs> sweet. I'm, uh, what's that guy's name? James uh, Taylor. Taylor. James okay, Taylor? Yes. This is James Taylor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the most middle-agey of all singers. The most yeah, middle-aged yeah. man of all time. He's like not middle-aged at all, and I still think he's very middle-aged. I don't know. The most middle-aged man of all... Well, I guess middle-aged isn't accurate. Steve Martin hit like 50 in his 20s and has yeah. been that the entire time. So It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> about it. That's the middle the middle-agedest... I'll tell you what, man. I had myself a dang old fantastic time in Mexico. I bet. Holy shit, dude. I would dude. love like, to go. I won't lie. It's not one of those places that's ever been on my list of like places I want to, you know, voluntarily pay and travel to. Like places I have to mm-hmm. see before I die. Mexico. It's never really been on my list. I yeah. think, you know, part of that is because it's like, well, it's sort of connected to our country. It doesn't seem that exotic. Right. Uh, dude. I had the best fucking time down there. We spent a couple days at Playa del Carmen, which is kind of around the Cancun area. Just, you know, kind of touristy beach town. But, I mean, come uh, on. Sitting on yeah. a beach in Mexico, drinking uh, drinks. It's that near Cancun. Suck. It's touristy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And everything was like pretty English flint, English friendly and all that down there. But yeah. we had some really fucking great food and some good hangs and stuff down there. And then we uh, boarded a plane to Mexico City. 
All right. Which is the shit, dude. That's awesome. Mexico City is fucking I would love awesome. To go. Yeah, you totally should. Because it's also, mm-hmm. too, it's like pretty damn cheap to get there. I think round trip flights now are like four or five hundred bucks from the States. It's not that I bad. thought you were going to say $35. I don't know why in my head. He's, I, I was like, he's going to say $35. $35. And I was going to I was gonna do a spit take. I was going to be like, what? I'm going now. Uh, yeah, so a little bit more than 35 But, dude, once you get down there, everything is cheap as fuck, man. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, yeah. dude. There's, there's nothing more wonderful about travel, and especially traveling to places that you don't really know much about. There's something about being wrong and having your expectations destroyed uh, mm-hmm. that is so wonderful as a traveler. And it's something you can only get whenever you go to other places. Like, I'll tell you yeah. this, man. And you know I've said historically about myself, like, probably my least favorite thing about myself is the fact that I don't really get excited about tacos. I've never really yeah. been a, a Mexican food man. Um, mm-hmm. It's because I guess I don't like American Mexican food because Mexican yeah. Mexican food fucking rules. Oh yes. my god! I remember you. Uh, I remember you saying this maybe early in the podcast, or maybe it was just in a conversation. But it was when I lived in L.A. and maybe just being like, yeah, yeah. How is that a thing you can say? Like, there's so many taco options. <laughs> like, it, but these were amazing. Unbelievable, dude. Un-fucking-believable. So, like, you know, I don't usually like a lot of Mexican food, so I thought. I also thought I didn't really like Mezcal. Turns out, it's just that the stuff that you can get around here for, like, Mezcal is usually the smoky, like, bonfire kind of stuff. Kind of scotchy, and I don't really like that. But, dude, down Mm -hmm. there, they have so fucking many different kinds of Mezcal that are so complex and, like, citrusy or floral. Like, dude, Mm -hmm. there's this one place we ate at that was a Oaxacan restaurant, which... By the way, Oaxacan food, holy awesome. fucking shit. Yeah. That's like where all the mole and stuff comes from. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. un- unreal. Like one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life. But this restaurant, you sit down at the table and they don't even ask you if you would like a mezcal or whatever. They bring out, I'll send you a picture of this. They bring out literally like a dolly full of <laughs> different mezcals. And they're That's like, awesome. which one do you want? You Obviously. know, it's like. Yeah, it's like, do you want something smoky? Do you want something citrusy or whatever? So mm-hmm. I found all these mezcals and stuff that were unbelievable, and I had a goddamn religious experience <laughs> eating um, some El Pastor tacos, because Mexico yeah. City is like the home place of El Pastor. Yeah, El Pastor are fucking amazing Oh my sure, God, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. The last night that we were there, we were up late packing, and we got done packing, you know, whatever. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And we are like, man, we're starved. We need to find somewhere to eat. So we just found some, it almost looked sports barish, just average Mexican place called uh, Mi Compadres in uh-huh. the uh, Roma Norte area of Mexico City. And it's like, well, they're open. They got El Pastor. Let's just fucking do this. So for one, sit down at the table. Everybody orders a mezcal. And then the waitress brings out a tray that has nine mezcals on it, like nine mm-hmm. shots of mezcal. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I guess everybody else in the restaurant ordered mezcal, too. No, those are all for us. Because apparently, even at like 1030 at night, happy hour is still on. Yeah. So, three mezcals for the price of one. This that is pretty the correct awesome. way to live, by the way, yes, America. it is. Mm-hmm. It is, dude. There's so many things. I'll talk about some more of these, too, where I'm like, why the fuck can't America do better? Just do better, know. you know? It's insane. I don't So, know. I ordered these Al Pastor tacos... And, dude, 
I, I was having like a fucking religious experience. I was about to cry. They were so good. I was like, That's this awesome. doesn't even make sense. I felt like there's like some Bob's Burgers episode where Bob is like getting super emotional about something that he's yeah. eating because he can't believe it. I felt exactly like that. So yeah. I'm talking like in the top three things I've ever eaten in my entire life, period. That's awesome. Ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, total cost of those tacos was um, 85 cents each. Jeez. 85 cents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Absolutely yep. stupid, man. So that's kind of been like one of my missions here. Now that I've gotten home, I'm like, all right, I need to figure out some good Mexican, especially pork dishes, because it's yeah, it weird how like, dude, fuck yeah, because they're amazing. And it's also mm-hmm. so weird that like so many Mexican restaurants, at least here in the Southeast, there's like not even pig on the menu. Yeah, unless it's weird. Maybe it's a it carnitas. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, um, like, where's the, what's that place near downtown West? Um Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, uh-huh. that, they they have uh, pork in some of their dishes. Like they okay. have pork carnitas, and they have um, uh, this thing called uh, burrito jeremia, I think, which just is like wrapped in bacon. But that Ooh, is not traditional. Lord mercy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is good mm. as hell, right? Yeah, it's good as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So had seriously just a fucking amazing time. The architecture and stuff is beautiful. Again, it makes me walk around American cities, and I'm like, why can't we just put a coat of colorful paint on some of these fucking buildings? Everything in our uh, cities here is just gray or apart. brown. They're well, built that's to part fall apart, so that you need to replace them. So yeah, so why bother painting it, right? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, but down there, it's like the architecture is fucking beautiful, and you'll have like these gorgeous Art Deco designed buildings right next to more like Spanish mission style buildings. Yeah. There's beautiful, also much more city. history in uh, Mexico City than there is in, in this oh, God, yeah. area. I mean, there is Shit, history yeah. here, of course. Uh, it's uh, the the Indian mounds, the Indian mounds, Cherokee mounds uh, yeah. around here. Like there, there was history here. We just uh, kind of took it over and got rid of it. Not us, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah we kind of did. Shitty. Speaking of history too, we went to the some of the like the Mayan pyramids at Chiapas. Oh, that's fucking unreal, awesome. dude! Yeah. Phenomenal. That's always been that's like really a dream cool. of mine to see some kind of a pyramid, and that was absolutely phenomenal. There's also well, a I mean, like bizarre acoustic properties down there. Where, like, oh yeah, the way that they where you yeah design shit from the top very well at the bottom, and all these weird reverbs and like yeah acoustic phenomena that don't really make any sense, but they mm-hmm. made them that way. It's fucking awesome man yeah it's cool i i do have the dream of going to the pyramids but mine is a much more like 70s cartoon dream where i go to the pyramids and find a like an ancient uh amulet that gives me the powers of quetzalcoatl or something oh this is fucking rad dude that'd be awesome yeah, that, that's a great vacation that'd be my dream i like Hell if i souvenir. just saw the pyramids i'd be like that was cool but eh. yeah I, just not enough <laughs> just needed one more thing <laughs> I'll tell you, though, man, like, okay, so imagine if I told you three weeks ago that I went on a vacation and my favorite parts were drinking mezcal, eating tacos, uh-huh. and swimming. Right? Like, that's not me, right? Until no. I went and did all that stuff, and I actually had the greatest fucking time. We went that's to Mexico, uh, Ceno- Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. We <laughs> went to uh, Cenote. Yeah. <laughs> and a cenote is kind of like uh it's like a crater. It's like a sinkhole essentially with uh-huh. like water at the bottom of it. It looks like a goddamn tomb raider world or something. Awesome. 
fucking gorgeous. And I hate swimming. I'm terrified of fucking swimming. Yeah. And I had the best time just floating around in this dang old pool of water that probably had skeletons at the bottom of it because they used to throw bodies and stuff down there. But it's okay. Oh. The ocean's well, got yeah, tons the skeletons of skeletons aren't in gonna it. Get you. They don't nah, have muscles. That's fine. So nah, totally fine. Yeah. Um. They're also way more on the ball in terms of like how they're handling the pandemic and shit. Yeah. Than America ever like fucking the, has every been. single country. Like what, yeah, like kind of. Yeah. It's just us and Turf Island. Fucking it up. So, yeah. So it's just like really common there where it's like, oh, you're going in like a museum or whatever. Okay, we're going to put hand sanitizer on your hands. We're going to check your temperature. Mm -hmm. And if you're in public, really anywhere around a lot of people or like on a bus or whatever, everybody wears a mask and nobody fucking bitches about it because guess what? It's not a big deal. Well, they ain't got freedom down there. Their flag ain't even red, white, and blue. Dang, you got a good point right there, don't you? Yeah. I didn't think about that. I didn't think Mm -hmm. about that. I loved it. I really, really, really did love it a lot, man. I I think the only things to be aware of are like the altitude in Mexico City is very fucking real. It's like 500 meters higher than like Denver. Uh huh. Um. So if you you know take a hike up some steps or whatever, you're you're gonna feel it. I know. I yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Big time, man. And it's also not that it should be, but it is not like very English friendly once you're like in the city itself. Yeah. So you got to know some mm-hmm. Spanish. And I like know, that. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. It's like cool. Make me try harder. Good. Yeah. I should. Mm-hmm. You know. I know. I know enough Spanish to get around for sure. Um, yeah, dude. Like, I would like I took the challenge college. of having to know more. Like that would be really cool. Oh, it was very inspiring to me to, you know, have to like dig through my memory banks and also have to work a little harder to use brain parts I haven't used in a while. Cause yeah. I did take a few semesters. Jesse, uh, my sister in law that was there, she's been living in Mexico for a little over a year. So she knows some Spanish. And like before we left, uh, Kate did about a month of like Duolingo. So just conversational yeah. travel mm-hmm. Spanish. And she did really well. But we still had some really um, hilarious and embarrassing shit uh, that yeah. comes with language barriers. Yeah. Uh, there was one time that Kate was, I can't remember what it was she was doing, but me or Jesse wasn't there and somebody was speaking to her in Spanish, like at a store or something like that. And she couldn't really catch like any of the words that they were saying. And so the only response that she came up with at the time was just to go, soy ingles, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of just saying, I am the English language. I am and the I'm English like, language. that's probably about the most appropriately. I am English. Yeah, the most appropriately American okay. thing you could have said is like, I know so little Spanish that I am the English language incarnate. Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. And then, dude, like, I became very aware of the importance of, of that verb conjugation because in Spanish they have like the infinitive word yeah. version of a verb. So, you know, yeah, to yeah. walk, to run, and then you conjugate yeah. it depending on the situation. Uh, you got to watch those conjugations really close. Or else sure. you might be an asshole like I was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, walking around Mexico City, and honestly, like, th- their homeless population is not all that vast. This one guy happened to walk up to me. He's like an older gentleman. And, uh, you know, just asked if I had any any pesos on me. The appropriate response would be for me to say, um, no tengo dinero. Tengo mm-hmm. meaning I don't have. Right. I did that wrong, and I said, no tiene dinero, which is essentially like saying, you, you don't, don't have, have any money. <laughs> right. And then I walked away. Yikes. And I thought about it for a second, and I was like, I think I did that way wrong. 
<laughs> I felt like a real asshole about it. <laughs> you don't Jesus. have any money. <laughs> what a dick. Oh, what a no. dick, dude. I know. It's like, this is why people don't like Americans, man. Me. Right. I did it all wrong. <laughs> it's the, like, I'm sure he was like, huh? Like, yeah, I'm asking. Like, what the <laughs> Hence fuck? It's me asking, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> But, dude, it was seriously such a fucking awesome time, man. And it's been really, I don't know, it's kind of reinvigorated me in a lot of ways where it made me realize, like, so much of my traveling, which, of course, not that I've done really any traveling over the past mm-hmm. two years, but most of my traveling in the, you know, decade leading up to now has been work-related. It's been related to playing right. music. So it made me realize, like, I've kind of forgotten how to just travel for the sake of seeing new places and doing fun things with my wife and experiencing new shit because it's always tied to work in my head and it's like oh actually you can just travel for fun so i've been kind of reinvigorated where i'm like okay i'm gonna plan some more trips for us you know throughout the year and stuff hopefully as long as you know as long as the the covid situation doesn't ramp the fuck up we'll of course play that year as it goes it already is well dude that's the thing too man is like the day before we left is when they changed the rules in america where it's like you don't have to wear a mask on a plane anymore because so fucked up we're tired of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, that's really cool for all the, like, you know, kids and at-risk people that are on the plane. That's really great for them. That's cool. It's yeah. not cool. Oh, wait, wait. It's actually awful for them. It is entirely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Stupid. Like, why? Very why? stupid. It, and again, it's like, you know, I know so many people have this idea that, like, oh, Mexico is fucking beneath America and they're poor and it's a dirty country, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I think they have their shit together really fucking well and we should be aspiring mm-hmm. to do as well as they are with so many fucking things, yeah. including this they, fucking They got pandemic. a lot of uh, their own problems, but yes. Sure, 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 of course. Uh, handling a pandemic, uh, yeah, every, like basically every other country is, is doing better than us. Like, USA. 7 million people have died worldwide, a million of them in America. That's a lot. A million out of one-seventh of the people who have died worldwide here. That seems a little disproportionate, huh? Yeah. yeah. Little bit, it's a little, little bit. A little bit, yeah. man. I had a great time. I will totally go back to Mexico City. Um, really, really, really fucking awesome place. Awesome. I also got to go to, like, Frida Kahlo's house and see a bunch of, like, artwork of hers. Dude, she was chilling. She was in her mm-hmm. casa. She mm-hmm. was having a siesta. Right. You know? Probably a monkey there. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And some watermelons. Yeah. And she was like, there's something wrong with your eyebrows. Uh-huh. I don't know what yes. it is. I can't put my finger on it. You just need one. Like, why are you overdoing it with two of them? What are you doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need to bridge the gap between our eyebrows, she said, you know? Sounds that like was a cool. good visit with Frida Kahlo, though, so that's cool. It's a good hang. Yeah, it's a yeah. good hang overall, man. <laughs> So, yeah, all kinds of fucking cool stuff, man. All kinds of fucking cool stuff. Rad. So, had a great time. Would recommend. We'll do it again, man. What have you been doing while I've been a dang Mexican? Um, let's see. What have I been doing? So, uh, last last episode we recorded, I mentioned my hip bursitis. Um, well, uh, it, it did not improve, so I had to stop deadlifting. I, I haven't uh, squatted or done a traditional deadlift in in two weeks and it is driving me insane i am working out still i'm having to find ways to like work around it but um it is it is like going away so that's nice Hmm. 
Um, For some reason, whenever you started that sentence and you said hip, bursitis, yeah. like my mind immediately attached to that word, and I was like, you're really cool, bursitis? It's like really yeah, different no, it's, and in style, yeah, hip? Like, it's, <laughs> it's just this inflammation that is like, Hey man, have you heard that new uh, band? That's real cool. I couldn't even come up with one. That's how <laughs> yeah. unhip I am. <laughs> yeah, we're young people. We know uh-huh. what's cool. Right. Have you heard of TikTok? Said the bursitis. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, that that's been sucky, but uh, you know whatever. I'm, I'm working through it. And then uh, right. other than that. Um, just been watching some movies. I uh, last week on the the Joag episode, I, I went through several of them. Um, I I held back one on accident for this Uh-oh. week, so uh, you're gonna get to hear me uh, recount my experience with I was a teenage zombie. Uh oh, give me the whole details here. Tell me about. Um, here's the thing. I, I think I've talked about I Was a Teenage Zombie on the podcast here before. I think because I've rewatched it kind of recently. I rewatched it again. I Was a Teenage Zombie is what I, I believe was the first, like, what I would categorize as indie horror movie that I saw in the 80s. It was, um, they had it at the video store there in Jefferson City. Okay, yeah. And... I remember we rented it and just being like, I mean, uh, kind of like as kids, we could tell there was a little bit of a difference between it and the other who- horror movies we had seen, but we also liked it a lot. Uh, and it wasn't until like watching it later as a teen being like, oh, this is just some jackoffs making a movie. Um, <laughs> but like that was inspiring as a teen then to be like, oh yeah, like anybody can make a movie. So I, I have a special place in my heart for it, but I actually think on, on rewatch that it is a, a good um, independent horror movie from the, the late 80s, 87. It's um, it's the first Zomcom, like the first zombie oh. romantic comedy type right. of thing. Because it, it really yeah. is like a, you know, it's like one of those uh, teen movies, you know, just some teens being teens and dating ladies and etc but also one of them is a zombie all right it's fun sounds pretty cool yeah yeah it's a, it's in the criterion collection uh and you can stream it on uh, hbo max so go check it out word all right I think maybe worth, i do that yeah i think it's worth the 90 minutes or so that it is um also oh man uh, f- uh friday night we watched peter jackson's meet the feebles Oh, I've always heard about this movie and I've never watched it. My friend Phil loves this uh-huh. movie and he actually gave me like a DVD copy and he's like, wait on me and we'll watch it together. And we just have never watched it. So I'm waiting on Phil. It'll happen. Dude, you need to like first you need to see Bad Taste. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. said you haven't seen Bad Taste. Uh, Bad Taste, I'm not saying is a good movie, but watching it, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Peter Jackson obviously from the beginning was was gonna do something cool uh the hobbit me- yes the hobbit <laughs> everyone's favorite king kong um <laughs> but uh meet the feebles is the first thing he did with fran walsh and it is oh. basically like uh adult raunchy muppets okay yeah 
like one of the first things you see is a walrus muppet fucking a cat muppet. <laughs> so it doesn't bury the lead. It's like here's what's no. in this movie. It is raunchy, dirty, dirty. Um, Eighty nine, uh, I think. Is oh when wow! It came out. Yeah. Wow. So. so this is like way before, like you know, let's say stuff like South Park, where it's like it looks like a kids thing, but it's dirty. Right. Yeah, way yeah, before yeah. that. This is- Way ahead of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does have some racist Vietnamese Muppets um, that were uncomfortable to see. I mean, though the entire thing is uncomfortable because you got like (laughs) drug addict Muppets and a a Muppet bunny who might be dying of AIDS. And Oh, God. And the whole thing is like, it's like a backstage story. Of these Muppets who put on a family-friendly show. So it, it really is kind of like the idea of, like, what are the oh. Muppets like behind the scenes? All right, um, cool. So you get your... There's, you know, kind of a Miss Piggy character. I mean, it's pretty obvious. You'll, you'll catch it pretty quickly. But it, I, I recommend watching it, but it is demented. It's demented and fucked up. So... If you don't want that in your life, just don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. You, you could save yourself a lot of trouble. Um, on uh, on Sunday night, we watched I Know Who Killed Me. I don't know if we've talked about this one before. Is that Lindsay but, Lohan's? Yeah, that's old Lindsay Lohan. Um, I believe this is the third time I've seen I Know Who Killed Me. Wow. Ha- that's more than a, most people have. Probably, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, probably by Above about three average. times. Probably, um, yeah. It has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. That's good, right? Here's what I'll say. I think people are wrong about it. I don't really? think it's good. Yeah. But I think if you're looking for a... Like, uh, how do I say it? It's not so bad it's good. It's so weird it's good type of hmm. movie. Like, okay. it is... It is bad in a lot of ways, but it's also, it feels like a Giallo film to me. Oh, it feels okay. like it's so that kind of weird. Yes, it feels like it's intentionally weird. And that you know, some I like of the that. stuff is intentionally bad. Exactly. And it's got like bold color choices and stuff like that. Like, it kind of like felt like maybe a spiritual sister to Malignant in some ways, but without the action. Okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Just huh. like some stuff where you're like, huh, I know they could have done this better. Did they mean to do it like this? Like, <laughs> I think they did. I think they meant to do it like this. And there's I'm just intrigued. some stuff, like some twists in there that like aren't like aren't even relevant to the movie entirely. But it's just like, wait, what? I, I'll just say robot hand. Robot, robot hand. hand. That's not something robot I expected to, to have in that movie. Based on the little right. bit that I know about it, I would not right. see robot, robot hand being hand. on the menu. Yeah, so definitely I think if you're if you're just like looking for something to chuckle at while stoned with some friends, I think you need friends there though. Watching it alone would probably like just warp your brain in a so way. So I need to call you... Monica, Chandler, yeah. mm-hmm. Ross, Rachel, Phoebes. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Clap, 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 clap. Yep. So <laughs> I do recommend that. But I've watched some uh, some some big time good movies as well. All right. I watched a little movie about. called The Batman. 
that you watch that Batman? Did you watch There's Batman or <laughs> and Batman? I watched and Batman. Yeah, and, and Batman, Batman is great. Yeah. So you're talking about uh, the one what's got old Twilighty Mister in there, huh? Yeah, Twilighty Mister. Um, I've seen it a while back, and I've been dying to talk to you about it because I've been really excited to hear what you think about it, man. What do you think about this? Uh, that there Batman. That's the next one. Is that okay. there Batman? Here, I'll start with this. It's my third favorite Batman. Okay, what's ahead of it? Uh, Batman Returns number one, Batman yep. number two, Batman Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, yeah, nineteen eighty nine. Uh huh. This is very uh, fair. I think that is a yep. very fair top three, honestly. Yep. Um. I uh. I would. I would put Dark Knight uh, at four and and Batman Begins at five. Uh. So. Uh, I'm These not good. discounting yeah. the Nolan movies, but I think this one is better than the Nolan movies, for sure. I think so, too, dude. I know. And it's like, I really did not know if I was going to like it or not. I know a lot of people were skeptical about Robert Pattinson, but yeah. I mean, oh, after I we saw him great. in like, oh, he's amazing. And after we saw him yeah. in like The Lighthouse and all kinds of other yeah. shit, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's an acting motherfucker, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory does it, is what I said. He <laughs> Cedric Diggory do. Um, dude. I great. Think he is in the costume the best looking Batman because he didn't bulk up I know everybody else looks like they're shoved like a sausage into this like costume but he like fits he's got the comic book look with the like stark lines and stuff I think it looks great Uh, you don't need him to be muscular for any reason like no he may be doing fight choreography but he doesn't have to actually hit people well because think about it this way too like you know batman has this like ninjutsu training background right i don't see a lot of ninjas that are as jacked as fucking christian bale was (laughs) right or ben affleck like ben affleck actually i don't see i don't see any ninjas at all you know what i mean (laughs) that's true yeah muscular ninjas uh would stand out (laughs) yeah i think like, oh, there's a muscular man in the corner of the room. Right. That seems like that would kind of stand out to me, you know? Yeah. And you're right. Affleck was also kind of like padded and bulky looking too. Yeah. So I, I think that like, yeah, I, I think it was the best looking that uh, it was more detective focused, which that. none of them have been. Uh, nope. So that was awesome. It, it did. It, yeah, it did like feel like it was dark but it had m- more to it than just darkness like the nolan ones are just kind of all darkness i think there's a little bit more to this a little bit more playful like when he the, uh, the scene that made me fucking crack up was when he uh was flying in his little wingsuit and hit that bridge just it was so shit. yeah yeah it was like wily coyote shit it was so funny. i love that too because it's only year two batman like he's yeah he's missing supposed details. to be, he's fucking stuff up yeah he's supposed to be learning still yeah so yeah i thought that was real fun uh i i colin farrell's performance as the penguin is great and the makeup is great i don't know why they couldn't just find somebody who looked like that but whatever uh, they should have just it, got it that good. guy that was the the neighbor on Mad About You, or like their friend guy, whatever yes, that guy's name is. Yes, he pretty much yes. just looks like that. <laughs> uh, Richard Kind. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's who they should have got. He's already there, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, 
yeah i like i love the makeup though it is absolutely amazing what they did with the makeup and colin farrell is great i mean that was a real good penguin it, he seemed they it, they seem to take some inspiration from the batman arkham games okay uh, it felt like to me like the the penguin in arkham and and um the penguin in this have very similar look but uh yeah no, i know i really enjoyed it um I, I would definitely watch the sequel. Paul Dano was great. So I was going to ask what you thought about him. I see yeah. some people that thought he was just really overdoing it and chewing it up too much. I thought have he they was never seen Paul terrifying. Dano in anything? <laughs> I know, right? It's like that's kind of why they got him is because he kind of yeah. Dano's it up in a lot of stuff, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I really really enjoyed it, um, and w- definitely would watch the sequel, which they obviously were kind of setting up there at the end. Shit, yeah. I, I hope that they do more, man. I hope that Pattinson gets another swing to do this again, and yeah. we get to see his his Batman and his Bruce Wayne develop more. Also, I gotta say, dude, like, did you like the soundtrack? Because the soundtrack was fucking yes. incredible. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, Using Nirvana, uh, something in the way there was fucking... Really, like, I don't know, like... Because there are so many Nirvana songs you could use that would feel like pandering, but that one just is... It's a deep cut and it also yep. is like really appropriate i loved it man i love too how like i mean that song is kind of revolving around those two chords at the top of it the yeah and they use yeah. that same intervallic motif in all of the soundtrack and it almost made it yeah. feel to me like That's awesome the same way that you know bruce wayne batman is like constantly obsessed with finding the truth of what's going on and solving this mystery and solving these riddles like having those same two notes through the entire fucking movie, it almost made it feel like that's how that's how it is inside Batman's head. It's just constantly yeah. buzzing around. It's always fixated on this one thing, this obsession. I thought yeah. that was such a cool fucking touch, man. And that yeah. car chase scene. Holy fuck. Oh yeah, it was awesome. 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 Yeah, it also plays on because I, I have a big fear of somebody driving down the wrong way on the interstate because what the fuck do you do? <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, you know, you don't know if they're accidentally driving down the wrong way. So you could just get over and wait for them to pass or if they're trying to hit you, in which case do you need to be swerving around? Like it's just scary, <laughs> scares the shit out of me anyway. But Fucking yeah, great, rad. great chasing. I'm glad you liked the movie, dude. I would have been shocked yeah. if you didn't like it, honestly, but I wouldn't try to yeah. like, persuade you either way. Yeah, no, I, I, I got into it pretty quick. It, it was pretty clear to me. I was, I was going to enjoy it and I did. Um, Rad. Another movie I watched that uh, uh, you and Kate did a minisode on is X. Ty West X. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Loved it. Again. Dude. Absolutely loved it. Isn't it awesome? Like, it, it's it so really, rad. As, as I said on the, the minisode, I think it's his best movie. Period. Yeah. Just overall the best. I, I mean, yeah, I love I'm gonna House of the Devil so much. it. Because, like, I. Um, I I kind of got obsessed with it in my head there the next day. I was still kind of remembering a, a, a lot of things that happened and it made me want to rewatch it. So I, I, I want to rewatch it because I, I, I think there's like a lot in there about how like older generations are trying to snuff out the sexuality of the younger generation and how like they're jealous. It's essentially mm. like jealousy for the the life they didn't get to live or whatever. Yeah. Oh, tons of that in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I saw people comparing it to, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw, and it's like, yeah, I see some bits like Texas Chainsaw, but it's it's a whole different thing. 
Like it, it's way not a, a whole different like uh, character set and way of playing out and stuff. And, and Mia Goth was fucking amazing in it. Just so awesome. good. Yeah, so good, man. And some of the the gore and kills and tension were just fucking great, dude. Yeah, fucking great. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Which um, uh, I I don't want to say too much, but speaking of seventies porn, made me want to watch more seventies porn movies. So watch Boogie Nights. <laughs> That's where you go to, man. That's a good yeah. place to go to. It's been a while since I watched that movie, but it's always like way more enjoyable and way funnier, yeah. and then it gets way darker than I remember like every time. Yeah. Here's the thing about Boogie Nights. If you don't have uh, hang-ups about sex or porn or drug use, 75% of it is just a, a comedy about porn. Yeah, a lot of it's real fucking funny, man. Yep, it is. I mean, you got John C. Riley, uh, uh, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking shining in Boogie Nights. Like just in the it. background, sometimes it's like he's the focus of the scene. Yeah, um, amazing. I don't think like the thing is, I know Mark Wahlberg hates that movie because he's all Christiany now, and like you know, no, really? Yeah, he he hates it. Um, oh, I, I also wonder like stupid. how much of his performance was like he thought he was this was his like grease where like he was he thought this was a sincere like not dumb character like the right, character yeah. is dumb <laughs> he's yeah, really he's dumb idiot. I mean there's that like dramatic moment early on where his mom kicks him out of the or he he runs away from the house because his mom is like mentally abusive and she's like yelling at him like about how he's stupid and stuff and it's like oh no you feel bad for him and then like you watch everything he does after that and you're like oh oh he is so dumb yeah he's just a oh (laughs) (laughs) he just got a hog that's it he's got a hog and he's real dumb (laughs) young dumb full of cum yeah the soundtrack to that movie is one that I oh, constantly so listen to as well. The yes. soundtrack is so good, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an amazing movie. Uh, I'm a big PT Anderson fan, but most of his stuff is much more like has a lot more gravity and darkness to it. This has Very darkness, dark, yeah. but it's like it, it, there's a whole lot of humor in there. Real fun. totally and great yeah. cinematography and shit. That that oh, like long shot where the camera like jumps into the pool and shit. Uh huh. Yeah. God, he does. So there's a cool. lot of long shots and long shots on like difficult monologues and stuff too. And there's oh, a part yeah. where uh, William H Macy, uh, you know, his, his throughout the the movie, uh, his his wife is getting fucked by somebody else in every scene. Um, he he <laughs> like he's like obviously shaken up by it. And then the other producer is like talking to him about production stuff. And uh, <laughs> he's like, there's a guy over there with <laughs> with his ass and my wife's dick, Bill. <laughs> and like, it's obviously that he like messed up the line. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it had been such a long shot with like such an intense like interchange that that was probably the best thing they could get. Because they yeah. obviously didn't have a gigantic budget. But ass is in my wife's dick. That's funny. I don't think I ever noticed that because it probably Our, just seemed like his character is just so pitiful and fucking everything up oh, that poor he just William said H. it Spacey. wrong. Poor oh, his William character is sad in that. Yeah. All of his characters. Like, it was this and Fargo, I think, that just cemented Aww. him as sad sack guy. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of sad sack guy. It's true, man. Bless but his heart. But he's great. He's amazing. It's just fucking an amazing, amazing fucking cast. Don Cheadle. I always forget the Don Cheadle storyline. Oh, he's line. in there. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. 
And his whole character is oh. like surrounded by what he's wearing. Like he, like his his early vibe is he's dressed like a cowboy, and then he starts doing like seventy funkadelic type of thing, and then like he moves into like more normal clothes. Uh, and like he and his wife have that baby, and then at the end he's like in uh, break dance, like Adidas tracksuit gear, <laughs> break yeah, dancing yeah. for a commercial. Like his whole vibe is just surrounded by what he's wearing at the time. It's cool. That's rad, man. Great movie. You make me want to watch this again. It's been a long time. Yeah, since you I've definitely. Seen it. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. If it, it, you know, if you haven't seen it, I haven't spoiled anything for you. Um, but that Mark Mark Wahlberg has a gigantic penis in it. <laughs> That's what you need to know going in. Yeah. Just go in knowing that. Go in knowing that. What have you been watching, Ben? Dude, I haven't had time to watch much because we just got back there the other day, and we've actually had um, a very busy schedule since then, man. But the other day, whenever we were kind of like cleaning the house and unpacking the suitcases and doing all that usual post-vacation stuff, man, we watched a couple two-tree things that was just kind of on the TV we watched a Frozen 2, Ilsa oh, Boogaloo, it's called. Extra froze. Dude, they froze. They froze in there, man. Entirely um, I will say froze. this. So, have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't seen the sequel, no. Well, it's good. I think it's probably okay. better than the first one, honestly. There right. is a total, like, REO Speedwagon Karate Kid soundtrack sounding fucking ballad on there that is okay. fantastic. It's really, really great. Um, and also, the soundtrack has a lot of stuff in there that's sung by this chick, Aurora. Do you know of this Aurora? No, I don't. Dude, I had never listened to her before, but it was actually before we left for vacation. Kate had her Spotify or whatever playing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because this chick sounds like like Imogen Heat plus like Bjork plus some kind oh. of like crazy fantasy RPG music. Okay, Holy that shit, awesome. dude. She is rad. Her stuff is cool. And I think she's she's like uh, maybe from Norway or Finland. So she's like, you know, very like Viking-y, I guess. Yeah. Fucking cool yeah. stuff. Okay. So Frozen 2, fun stuff. Then awesome. um, we put on probably the ultimate like Saturday afternoon movie, which is Barb and Star. Uh, oh. Go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> God damn it, Barb that movie. Yeah. God damn it. I need it's to so good. It. It's so good. Like that is the right you know, warm weather Saturday afternoon movie. That's just the one you want to watch. It's so yeah, fucking it's funny fun. and weird, yeah. and it's just like colorful and happy. It's a it's a make you feel happy kind of movie. Uh, love that one. And then uh, Kate put on Snatch, which I hadn't watched in years. You Snatch is fantastic. Said Kate pulled out Snatch. Kate pulled out Snatch. She just whipped out Snatch, and <laughs> she was like, "All right, entertain yourself." <laughs> okay. That movie is so fucking great, dude. And it's been so long since I watched it that I think I I had forgotten like how often I quote that movie. Like there's oh, yeah. so many things I say that are just from that movie. It's so mm-hmm. cool, man. That's mm-hmm. when Guy Ritchie was really just swinging for the the fucking yeah. fences. Yeah. I yeah, that that movie. I mean, Brad Pitt's great in it. Like, Shit, yeah, dude. Trying to think of anything Brad Pitt's terrible in, but he he is particularly really good in Snatch. Like he's really leaning into that whole. Uh, I don't oh, I don't remember what the name of the that uh, dialect he's speaking is. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's like pi- yeah. Pikey is what they call him. Pikey. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. like really leaning in that Pikey accent and just like looking looking very much like he would be a bare knuckle boxer. <laughs> 
He's in pretty good shape. I don't know if you yeah. noticed, but yeah, he's in I noticed. pretty good shape in that movie, dude. Yeah, everybody in that's good. You always forget about like how many fucking people are in that movie. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, it's got a big cast in it, man. Mm-hmm. Really good flick. And then uh, the other night, we went and seen a comedy show where somebody stood up and they told us comedy jokes. Oh, standing up comedy. Yep, a standing up comedy. We were sitting down, but the person entertaining us yeah, was standing yeah. up, and she was Taylor Tomlinson, and she oh. was a funny. Yeah, I, yes. Uh, yeah, Taylor Tomlinson is very funny. I was obsessed with her for like a hot minute uh, a couple months ago. I was watching all of her videos because yeah, very funny. She got a couple of specials on the Netflix that are definitely yep. worth watching. Mm-hmm. And uh, her live, sh- she made a point of pointing out that her live set is not anything that's on the specials. So you're not going to be like, oh, I've already seen all these jokes on the newest special. Nope, you haven't. Mm-hmm. So go see her if she's on tour around your area. Absolutely. Really go good see more stand up comedy show. Just you in know, general. Honestly, I think that this was like the first like big stand up comedian show that like oh, I've really? seen. Yeah. Dude, I mean, like I've seen some I, like small uh, yeah. time stuff, but yeah, like never I, yeah. like a you know, brand name comedian. Yeah, I, I love um, I love to go to stand up shows. I, I actually do like smaller shows better because you know I like I like crowd work and I like when they're like, look at this uh, fucker over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> um, that's fun. But uh, yeah, I've I've been to some bigger. Sh- I've seen Patton Oswalt a couple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, saw Jim Gaffigan way back in the day. Oh snap! Yeah. Um. Oh, saw Dimitri Martin as well way back in the day dude i forgot about dimitri martin yeah. what's he doing uh-huh. now i don't know i have no idea uh, it was at bonnaroo i think was where i saw him I, huh. I used to go to a lot of comedy shows though in la i've seen a lot more like small comics but also like uh, i always recommend uh the 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 liberal redneck guys uh trey crowder uh the fucking god damn it uh, Corey ryan forrester and Drew Morgan, um, hilarious guys, really funny, and yeah. they 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 are from this area. So good boys, good, good boys, boys yeah. man. They recently sold out the Bijou there in Knoxville. Did they really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, heck, I didn't know they was here. They were. I'd have gone and seen them, man. You yeah, know, before point. we went to the comedy show, we had we had a steak from a Ruth Chris, a Ruth's Ooh. Lisp Steakhouse. We just treated I've- ourselves. Yeah, that, I've I've been to that Ruth's Chris, the one down on on the river. Uh huh. Right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. been there. It's good. They had about about a, a Paula Dean amount of butter on them steaks. Yeah, that's the appropriate amount of butter for a steak. Cup of oil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't normally put oil on my steak, but yeah, no. <laughs> sure. It was pretty fucking good though, man. Had a good time, man. Had a good that's time. Awesome. So yeah, it's been a it's been a good couple weeks, man. I feel. I feel refreshed and reinvigorated and also very busy. The calendar right now is just ridiculous, stupid packed. But yeah, eh, what can you do? You know, yeah, I, I mean, uh, apparently you could get super packed and do the thing. That's what you yeah. do. Mm, that's what I, I did. And I, I'll probably end up doing it again before long, if hey, I'm not mistaken. Sounds about right to me. Sounds about right, man. Let me ask you something. I'm going to have ask myself another pull on a code beer here. I noticed pull that my, my code beer cup is empty. Pull on it. Do I feel like going for something that's probably going to be a surefire good or something that 
might be a weird. What do you think? Uh, I, you know what? I go with something that might be a weird. Maybe we do that. Yeah, okay. we'll call it a Rutger Hauer beer. It, you know, it's a real wild card. I'll tell you that. Rut beer Hauer. <laughs> Rut beer Hauer. This is what this is. This is a beer that is called a Glutenberg IPA. Now, I didn't really read the label when I bought this over from Corks in the old city, Knoxville. Uh-huh. I figured, considering the name is Glutenberg, I'm like, oh, it's like a fucking iceberg made of gluten there's so much gluten in this you're the titanic this is gonna sink your ass you know you're the celiac titanic you're going down i don't know it turns out it's actually a gluten-free ipa oh okay that is brewed with millet buckwheat and corn what they are they are probably hurting their own brand by calling it glutenberg if you want people to think there's not gluten in it Right? Because it kind of says yeah. right there on Front Street, gluten. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to our vegetarian restaurant, McBeefio's. Yeah, right? Like, I think that's <laughs> going to turn some people away. It smells kind of funky. It smells kind of like soury sweet. I'm actually just going to okay. pour a little bit of this out because if it sucks, I'm not going to drink the whole thing. Every gluten-free beer choice. I've ever had... Um, is is a little bit sweet not in a negative way some of them are in a negative way but they all seem to be a little bit sweet so i wonder if it's like the buckwheat millet type of stuff that they use in there i know corn is obviously going to add some sweetness what's it taste like weird it's weird dude so like the taste itself is not really that sweet like i've had much sweeter like you know more juicy ipas that have a lot more sugar content to them the Mm -hmm. taste is not really all that sweet it does just have a nice dry uh kangaroo farm hoppiness to it okay the smell is awful like this beer as soon as i turned the glass up to my nose i was like oh i'm fucking giving this to the sink gods this is terrible the smell is horrible but like the taste is nothing like it It smells like a kangaroo farm yes that is exactly that's some straight out the pouch shit right there Oh, but the taste oh no. is not what all if they the did smell. shit out of their pouches. That would be so terrible. That would <laughs> be got bad. A pouch man. full of shit. They got to reach in and just pull it out. Well, thing yeah. is, if you got them little baby kangaroos just hanging around in there all the time, I bet yeah. they're in there probably shitting in that thing. Oh damn! They probably are shitting in that thing. That's yucky. Gross. I don't want to get in a kangaroo pouch. Uh, you can't I would make. Really, me. rather not do that. No, you can't make me. Try it. Try me. You'll fail. <laughs> Hmm. I don't know so if we're going to drink this whole favorite. thing or not. The smell is yeah. so off-putting, man. The smell is so off-putting. I just don't know. Yeah. No, I, I understand. There's no reason to finish a thing just because you started it. Like, right. just toss that shit out. <laughs> I disagree. You don't have to finish what you started, Van Hagar. Huh? Take that, Van Hagar. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting one. You know, Steve, the subject of today's show is the Hittature. Mm-hmm, the Hittature. Which involves a young man, what's going on, kind of a little cross-country road trip, isn't he? He's yeah. got his takeaway car. It's a take-and-bake car, I think it's called. take-and-bake, take yeah. Put it in the oven, like a pop of Murphy. Yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly right, like that, man. And it just kind of got me thinking. Actually, it didn't really get me thinking about anything at all. I had no ideas for a preview <laughs> palace for this episode. Um, so we reached out to our, our Facebook and Instagram communities of dead and lovelies looking for some ideas, and we had a great idea suggested, suggested, as I say, by Ryan Elizabeth Clark. 
Ryan. Oh, idea. man. Ryan's awesome. She's from the Laydown Podcast. She's also a part of the Joe Ag Book Club. And she's a part of the Screaming Chat and Ice Cream Sunday. So, thanks, Ryan. A valuable member of a society and our little community for fucking yeah. sure. So she had this great idea that we put together our uh, our kind of our, our road trip standards, our ultimate road trip sort of list of things that we need to have the ultimate road trip with our list of things. Right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do as we enter the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Come on, Steve, sing the next line. Does that song have words? I don't think it does. No, those are the words. We got them. Those are the words? Yeah. Well, there we go, man. And we're going to give you guys a little insight into our ultimate road trip. You know, we're kind of easing into the summertime here. Mm-hmm. We might mm-hmm. be thinking about doing some trips. I just did a trip. You got a little trippy trip coming yep. up got yourself a trip here. Coming up in uh, three weeks, two weeks. We just go got on there. road trips on our minds, man. So mm-hmm. I say that we just kind of lead these buses through what we think we are to do if we're doing ourselves an ultimate road trip, man. Now, of Hell course, yeah. we're located here in the East Tennessee, so... I think a road trip to somewhere like, you know, uh, uh, Jamaica is going to take too long. It's going to take yeah. too long. Well, I think you're going to run into a problem once you get to the edge of the Keys. Right. With yeah, your the car beach. and the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a real spot of bother. So we got to go mm-hmm. somewhere in our region that I think is a feasible road trip. Where are you going to go to? Yeah, I think a, a good feasible road trip to a place I love here in this, this area would be a road trip to Charleston in South Carolina. That's a good place to go. They got a food rig over there. What'll oh, get they got so ya. many food rigs. They got alcohol rigs. They got beach Ooh. rigs. They got mm-hmm. what you need. They sure do. They do. Now, they got also, architecture, all kinds of along things. Along the way, it. it you you can just take the the reasonably fast route. Uh, it'll take you about five and a half hours to get there. But, but why? But why? But why? When you could go from Knoxville to Asheville, enjoy yourself some time there. They got food. They got a beer rig. They don't have they a sure beach. Do. They got a mountain. Yeah, that's good. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. We like a mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you might you might stop there in Asheville for a little while. Then head on down to Columbia. Let me tell you about Columbia, South Carolina. That's where Emily oh. and I got married. Look out. Uh, and they got some damn good barbecue down there. So Woo. stop in Columbia, maybe visit the old marriage haunt. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> ate at a place called the Lizard's Thicket. Maybe check that out. Um, that's a mouthful. It was, it was like country food. It was really good. Like just I real think that's what I'm going to start calling my that's what I'm going to start calling my pubes. Huh? The lizard's thicket. That's a yeah. That's a good idea. I think sounds so. fun. Yeah, it sounds fun. And then off from Columbia we go. Uh, maybe we just go from Columbia to the nearest beach and head south. Just check out the beaches along the way. Maybe go to right Myrtle Beach. beach. Go to Myrtle Beach. Get yourself a airbrush T-shirt. Oh, get yourself a, a henna tattoo. Get your hair braided. Get you that airbrush the, T-shirt. Woo! Yeah. That Hard Rock Cafe, go check that out. <laughs> oh, man, the food there. I'll tell you what, it's something else. Yeah, uh, every uh, chain restaurant you can imagine. They got oh, the TGI boy. Fridays. They got the Chili's. 
They got Planet Hollywood, probably. Who knows? This is why you travel, so you can eat the same thing. You have a home somewhere else. It's totally different. <laughs> Pick up a damn hermit crab and head on down to Charleston after that. Dude, people that fucking travel and eat at, yeah, Olive Garden or whatever, just yeah. break my fucking heart. What are you yeah. doing? Why? It is, why it are you is doing this? 100% heartbreaking to, to see, like, because there's... There is a unique place that you could go to there that you you could go back home and be like, I ate this. It was insane. And people would be like, I'd like to go there. And that's awesome and different than we ate the Olive Garden, you know, like with family there. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> we dropped in today, cousins. What's up? <laughs> it's totally different when you're yeah. doing that at the, at the Myrtle Beach. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I can't imagine being at the beach and being like, I want some Alfredo. Oh, my God. That sounds <laughs> miserable. That sounds miserable. And so many people do. They do. It's crazy. Por qué? Por qué? <laughs> ben, where would you go on your road trip? Man, you know what? I'm also thinking about visiting a great uh, southern city by the coast. We love the beach. We love going out that mm-hmm. at that place there where they got the sand and they got waters and crabs and so forth. And you look out and you can almost see England. Almost. Yeah, you can. Long enough. You can. If you got you if you got real good. like like legless eyes, you can do uh-huh. it. <laughs> legless can. So you got to bring him along. Ask him what does Alfasi? Yeah. We're going to go to Savannah, Georgia. Oh, Savannah. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to go. It's been a couple of years since I've been to Savannah. Um, yep. It is a really fucking great place. Actually, I'm kind of wondering, is our honeymoon the last time I was in Savannah? Surely not. It might have hmm, been. I don't know. I the, uh, the last time I was in Savannah, which was the first time I was in Savannah, was for a wedding. Uh, oh. And it was a blast. We, you know, uh, not only did we have the wedding stuff going on, but we went and partied in the Savannah party area, and it was fun. Like people were just wild. They rage <laughs> like, in Savannah, dude. They yeah, like, do. Sa- Savannah and Charleston are like really similar in a lot of ways. Where you're like, oh yeah, yes. these are old Southern cities. Only Savannah, I feel, is like a little less prim and proper than Charleston. It feels yes, like a little Charleston more urban, much, a little younger, yeah, artsier. Snootier, uh, I would say. Yeah, and they got that uh-huh. low-hanging moss, and they got the the sand flies that rip your yeah. skin off. It's fun. They do have that. They tore the fuck out of me. I got sand-flied like crazy. Ugh. They're very bad. Yeah, because they, they don't bad. bite. They, they actually have like a circular mouth that like cuts a it's like a hole punch through your skin yeah. it's terrible yeah, yeah you can run into those in great. south carolina too because I, I remember we went to a beach and uh like we camped there and i woke up the next day and just had so many of those sand fly bites it was Brutal. it was miserable it was just miserable i think on the way though since we've heading east anyway i'm gonna stop off in morristown and get some <laughs> uh get some trucker speed and eat at an olive garden of course. I mean, if you're going to Morristown, check you go to Pals, right? I mean, that there isn't one. Tea. Yeah, there's isn't one closer. Is there, is there a Pals up here in Knoxville? There's one in Jefferson City. Yeah. Oh, Jefferson City. Okay, you go to the Jefferson City Pals. Then there you Pals go. Pals got fries. Pals fries are amazing. Ooh, Pals is like a good. hot dog place, like a chili dog type of place uh, here in a, a very small region of this area. Very small. Yeah. Yeah, but it's great. It is really good. 
get you a peach tea and a french fry. It's about all you need. Oh, yeah. And I think if we're in Savannah, we're also probably going to make a stop at Tybee on the way. Tybee Island is just a little Tybee bit Island further out towards the coast. Tybee yes. Island is fucking awesome. It's where we went on our honeymoon. Dude, there's some there's some restaurant fare out there. And listen, I'm going to make them famous because I talked about them on this podcast. So oh, okay. You, you go down there to the Sunday Cafe. That's S-U-N-D-A-E, like ice cream Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, Sunday Cafe on Tybee Island is unfucking believable. It's like... Okay. Attached to a fucking gas station, they don't advertise. They're not in any of the tourist guides or anything because they they don't want out of towners. They just want locals to eat there. It's really nice inside, but like from the outside, you're like, this is the wrong place. Unbelievable, seriously, fucking fantastic food. So okay, I think that's probably gonna be our stop on the way to Savannah, Georgia. I mean, if we're recommending local places, if you are in uh, Charleston, uh, there's a bar called the Blind Tiger. It's pretty cool. Uh, okay, and then I've not been also, there. Also, if if you just go uh, across the bridge, um, there's a place called Post Tavern that uh, is like an Edgar Allan Poe themed type of place. But I cool. mean, the theme is pretty loose. Because Poe like lived in that area or whatever, like he wrote the, what is it the, the Gold Bug I believe was written, like in that area or something, and that's why it's named right. after that. But the the cool. menu is great, fucking awesome, rad man. Yeah. All kinds of good stuff to check out. Now oh, let yeah. me ask you something. Now we're gonna be on this trip here for a while. Yes, we are. You're probably gonna get a little bit hungry on the way. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's your road uh, trip snack of choice? What do you go do to munch on whenever you're road tripping? Well, I think you need a few things. I, you need one thing that's going to provide you with actual energy. Yeah. Uh, and for, for me, that that's going to be uh, pumpkin seeds. I love roasted salted pumpkin seeds. Like, they're so oh. amazing. Okay. Love them. I love right. putting them in yogurt, putting them in oatmeal, just eating big handfuls of them. They're fucking amazing. So good. You ever tried putting them in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I will oh, try that asshole. next time, though. Yeah. Oh, my asshole. Uh, maybe that sometime, huh? Like a funnel? Just funnel them in there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, you also got to have sugar for that quick energy. You, you got to have some garbage. You got to have something that's just going to uh, hit all those nice spots that make you feel a little bit like tingly happy for a little bit. For me, that's going to be sour bright crawlers. Oh, you're Give going for big just ass a, bag a sour gummy rig, huh? Hell yeah! Woo, that's a good choice. I also feel like the sa- like if you're you know if you're driving and you need that little bit of energy, the sour also gets that like kick to you. Just that little bit of like, hey buddy, I'm here. So your brain's yeah. like, oh yeah, fuck, wake up, do your thing. There you are. I like uh-huh. it. I like it. Yeah. What about you? Well, you know what? I need to stay awake and alert on my drive. I don't want to be falling asleep or nothing like that. So I'm going to get myself something in my face. It's just going to keep me alert and awake, which is why I'm going to I'm going to get me a big old chaw red man <laughs> chewing tobacco. What, what are you, you my grandfather in the 80s? <laughs> See, the thing is is like because I don't do any tobacco products, it's really yeah. going to help me keep alert because I'm going to be like, what the fuck? I'm about to throw up. <laughs> that is so not, not necessarily a safe feeling while driving, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Safer than falling yeah, okay. asleep, right? 
You know? Get yourself a, tra- a char red man. Just a big char. Now, okay. as you said, you do need some reliable sustenance. I'm, I'm a nut man. I don't know if you know about this. I'm a real life I'm nut man. I'm a nut man. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a nut man. Yes, I am. I'm a cashew boy. Oh, yeah. Who isn't? Who doesn't but like a know, cashew? Honestly, I'll do about any of you. Give me a pecan, a walnut. I uh-huh. don't really okay. get much of a shit. A lot yeah. of times for a road trip kind of scenario, we end up doing the uh, the compromise there because we both love those like wasabi almonds that like Blue Diamond does. Uh, uh-huh. Have you had those? Yeah. Yep. Fuck, they're so good. Or their salt and vinegar ones are awesome. Yeah, salt and vinegar. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Oh my I love God, salt and vinegar dude. everything, but uh, with nuts, I don't know why it's like a perfect combo because like the almonds are kind of, they got that like, you know, almond flavor. <laughs> yeah, was, they do. I was about they to tend describe to. it and then I was like, I don't know, but it goes well <laughs> with taste salt of an and almond. vinegar. Yeah. So good. I'm actually a recent salt and vinegar um, convert because yeah. that's actually always been like the only potato chip that Kate will eat is salt and vinegar and I always hated uh-huh. those. Yeah. That kettle brand has just gone and got real good to me, and it's it kind of turned me okay. over to some other yeah salt and vinegar things. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you for that one right there. Now, if I'm going for just like some trash on a trip, if I stop at a gas station mm-hmm. and I see me a bag of a ruffle sour cream and cheddar chip, uh huh, that's mine, all mine, baby. I only okay. buy those whenever I'm like on trips. I never buy them at home ever because I'll just eat the entire thing. And they always do make me feel kind of bad um, huh? because it's just, you know, garbage, really. But fuck, they're so good. And we gotta I always talk get them about your trips. relationship with food. <laughs> it's just <laughs> potato chips, man. What's happening that you're feeling bad? They make bad? me feel bad. I mean, emotionally okay. and spiritually more than anything. Because they're not in the Bible, you know? Like, Jesus oh, never said right, to eat yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, Moses did not take potatoes on the ark. Those motherfuckers survived despite the flood. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which is why my, my other snack I bring along is a big box of the Eucharist. <laughs> the salt and vinegar. Salt and yeah, vinegar salt and vinegar food. Eucharist. <laughs> <laughs> I bet all that salt and vinegar would really hurt in them wounds, Jesus. I bet it you know? would. Oh, buddy. Ouch. Aye, aye. He paid for our, he paid for, uh, for our sins and, and for our delight in snacking, didn't he? He yeah, suffered for you. us. Thank you, Jesus. Salt and vinegar Eucharist. We need to trademark that fast. Yeah. You know what? Uh, already in the works, smoky barbecue Eucharist. So look <laughs> Maybe out for a, that. a sour cream and onion Eucharist. <laughs> sour cream yeah. and onion. Listen, I'm down for all this. All dressed. I, you know How what? About that? I, I go to church just to try it. <laughs> that you really know? could be a pretty good selling point. Just like cool real good Eucharist. wafers. <laughs> Flaming hot Eucharist. <laughs> Shit, yeah. They get the Takis powder, just cover it oh, in Takis powder. That would Fuck be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I would go and check that out, honestly. I'd be like, okay, I, I can go now, though, right? And they're like, yeah, you're saved, whatever. Yeah, oh, thanks. Whew. Yeah, That was good. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, what about after you've had your snacks and stuff, you're starting to get a little bit bored, and you're like, you know what? I need to listen to some music records. On this road trip right here, you've already been singing your and you've done some three hours bottles of beer yeah. on the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh-huh. you're ready for somebody else to take the stage. What's your music listening records you gonna put on during drive? Well, I um I I personally believe, of course, that the driver should choose what's on the radio. But mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I choose it's just gonna be podcasts. 
So okay, yeah. I'm going to let my wife choose the music here, and I'm just going to assume some things like probably going to be some sound garden in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Super unknown she, me, please. Yeah. She's a, she's a great big fan of that that Chris Cornell in general. Uh, probably be some Paramore. She listens to Paramore a good bit. I'd imagine some Regina Spector. Big fans. Regina. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Women. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would let her have the reins there. And I, I think those um, uh, would be the most likely candidate she'd put on because I also enjoy them. Okay. Um, awesome. Because she, she, she listens to music that I don't necessarily like. Not that it's bad. She... She has great taste, uh, but uh, it's just not necessarily my type of thing. But uh, I think those would be maybe the three that we could agree on. Okay. All right. Those are good choices. Good choices. How about you, Ben? What you listening to? Um, I'm just going to listen to some contemporary Christian music. Okay. Just Hillsong. Just Hillsong music. Just Hillsong the whole time, huh? The whole time. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. It's dangerous because I have the urge to put my hands up in the air and well, I yeah, off I mean, the wheel. You gotta, and you gotta close your eyes, you know, for the mm. real Jesus effect. If Je- if your eyes are open, Jesus can't fully appear. Exactly right. But that's yeah. what you know. That's when Jesus takes the wheel. So it's yeah. all right. Well, yeah, of course, one hundred percent. It is okay if you're listening to Hillsong music to just close your eyes and raise your hands because Jesus will take the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Be that's, sure to do it while know. no one else is driving. <laughs> Precisely. It's going to work out fine, right? Yeah, it'll be fine. Just fine. Just fine. After that, though, like if I'm road tripping, and again, my, my prime objective is staying awake and staying alert. Right. And uh, one of the best ways for me to do that is to, to sing real loud and hard. Just sing okay. hard. That's what keeps me awake and alert. Only problem is, is like I know lyrics to like no songs. Uh, I'm horrible. I'm just horrible with lyrics, and I don't know why. So I'm going to listen to, like, the handful of records where I actually know the words to the songs. Um, So I'm definitely blaring uh, Blue Album Weezer start to finish. Okay, yeah. That's actually gotten me out of some binds in the past before, some real late-night trips where I'm, like, you know, nodding off at the wheel and shit. It's like, I need the Blue Album now so I can sing the shit out of the whole thing. But you're going to um, skip also, only in dreams, right? Because that's probably... Oh, gonna, it's going to give me a sad. Yeah. And nod, yeah. nod you off a bit. It could. And the tears mm-hmm. get in my eyes. It makes the headlights look all blurry. That ain't good for nobody. And I get the yeah. ugly cries. My shoulders start going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes the wheel go all over the place. Exactly right. <laughs> nobody wants that. So maybe I do skip that one and just do Surf Wax USA again. You there know? you go. Uh-huh. Super Unknown Soundgarden is also a choice for that. Of course, you know, I can't sing Chris Cornell's stuff. Um, Opus Eponymous by Ghost always is one that I'm going to go to. Okay. Every song is fucking great. And you can sing about Satan the entire way through. Kind of counteracts the Hill song I listened to Blue, earlier. I'm a ghost. This is Blue. about Satan. Blue. Yeah, Opus Upon. Yeah. That's going to be a jam on there for sure, man. So those are my, those are mine right there. Now, you listen. You, you said a second ago you'd listen to a podcast on a road trip. That's a good yeah, choice. Uh-huh. I, I also enjoy listening to a podcast. What's one you're going to put on? Well, uh, I, I'm if my wife is with me, it's, it's going to be uh comedy bang bang probably because she can tolerate that or how did this get made uh so she doesn't what the podcast i would listen to if she liked it would be doughboys 
the the fast food review podcast that I that I love because listening to Doughboys would make me want to stop at different places. Um, but then also I would just be stopping at fast food places. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a tour of fast food across America. Yeah, so we'd probably listen to Comedy Bang Bang, specifically if there was a Jason Manzoukas episode. She's a big fan of any time Jason Manzoukas is on anything. So I get it. Yeah. What about you? You know, I'm also with you where it's like I would try to find some shows that my wife and I could agree on. If I'm traveling by myself, um, I love just burning through last podcast on the left. I love mm-hmm. learning about them mm-hmm. cults and killers and all that ruthless right, right. shit. So yeah. I would probably burn that if I was on my own. But my, my wife, she says they're just a little obnoxious for her, which I, I, don't I, like, I do get. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. I, I get it. I you know, like I get it. it. Especially the, with you, the older... Yeah, well, the older stuff, they were definitely a little bit more obnoxious, and I think they've gotten a little bit more toned down as the years have gone on. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, but, you know, yeah, even even at that, yeah, there, there are moments. Mm-hmm. So usually whenever we're in the car together, we like to listen to stuff like the uh, like the Tripod, the Try Guys podcast. Have uh-huh. you ever listened to the show? No. Predictably, it's great. It's really fucking <laughs> good, man. Okay. And it's usually like kind of a single... Eh, mainly a single topic per episode, and it's just fun and funny. And of course, we watch all those guys' content and stuff anyway. So it's kind of like that, you know, that effect you look for with a podcast, where it's like hanging out with your friends or whatever, yeah, uh, being the silent partner in the corner of the room. So we would probably jam on some of that stuff. We do that very frequently. Or um, the last couple road trips that we've made to the beach, we've listened to a lot of Medium Popcorn, which is a great okay. Great movie podcast. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so fucking funny, man. They have some hilarious ass shit on their show. So we both like them. So we'd probably burn through a few episodes of oh, that as well. I just, if, if we're talking common ground, I just realized we could obviously listen to the Jack of All Grapes podcast, which we both love. So there we go. There we go. That Shout works, out to man, our works. guests last week. Guests. Co-hosts last week. There you go. You know what, though, Steve? After being on this road trip... And chawing on my my red man chew, yeah, um, and singing my heart out to uh, all these Weezer songs and stuff. My, uh-huh. my whistle, my whistle is so dry, Ooh, buddy. How's you, actually, how you, you gonna blow that thing? It's too dry. So for one, I'm I'm actually going to open up this third beer that I had sitting here, which is yeah. a untitled Art Juicy IPA. I'm not gonna drink that Glutenberg, man. Like the yeah. more I drink on it, the more I'm that like, is this wise. is like. It, the, the smell is terrible, and it's got this like soapiness. You know, how some IPAs get that soapy yeah, thing going on. I do know what you're talking about. I do not much care for that. So I'm Ugh. thinking this uh, this Untitled Art Juicy IPA is probably going to get good to me. Um, as I've said recently, I've kind of overdosed on the whole juicy IPA thing, but it has yeah. been a while since I had one of these. And if somebody's going to do it good, it's probably going to be Untitled Art because they fuck hard. Yeah, I think uh, I I don't really get beer often um but lagunitas has a, a a newer uh they have their like hop series where they just uh do one specific hop for for one oh run. yeah i can't remember what the hops were in it one of them was like uh it's like iris something i don't remember damn it interesting had like a good? flowery name and there was like a flowery taste to it and like at first i was like i didn't know where i landed on it because my brain kept going like, "What is that flavor?" But um, after after a couple, I was like, "Fuck no! I this is good. I like <laughs> like." Word, I thought man. maybe there was finally a Lagunitas that I just didn't like at all. But uh, no, it, it is good. It it just took me a second to be like, 
do I want to drink flowers? <laughs> Turns out, I guess yes. I do. I guess I do. Yeah. I love Lagunitas so much, man. This Untitled Art Juicy IPA is pretty good. It tastes very similar to like a Bearded Irish home style. Like it's pretty oh, okay. fucking similar. Whatever the, like, the dominant hop is, is whatever yeah. Bearded Irish uses. So yeah. it's good. Nothing like mind-blowing. Like I'm not sitting here going, I've never had anything like this. But it's like, yeah, it is a very good, solid, kind of funky, juicy IPA. So it performs as advertised. What are you going to drink on that road trip? Well, I mean, uh, numero uno, of course, gonna have uh, I'm gonna have a coffee protein shake. Uh, okay, I, I have three of them a day, um, so I'm gonna definitely have them on the road trip. Uh, just uh, coffee, scoop of protein, and uh, eight ounces of lactose free milk, and I'm on the road. Look out! Yeah, uh, but aside from that, and uh, you know, you can't just drink coffee. You're gonna be stopping. Every few miles, pooping your brains out. <laughs> Could happen. Uh, I always like to have me a spicy water on hand because yep. I I like water just fine. But you know what it needs? It needs Tingle. some gas in it. Is what I Put always some say. Some gas in it. That's yeah, a good I, idea. Much like Sling Blade himself, I look at a flat water and I go, "Ain't got no gas in it." Ain't got no gas. You need something that's going to give you just a little, just a little static on the tongue, huh? Yeah, I want my tongue to be like, oh, buddy. So I like it. It's a great idea. Yeah, I'm going to have me some spicy water. What you got drinking? Woo! I'm with you on a coffee rig. That's a must. That's yeah. definitely a must right there. Um, I find a lot of times I enjoy doing like a nice iced coffee. I find that that yeah. doesn't engage the like I have to shit as much for some reason. Yeah, I don't know I'm why. Not a big hot coffee guy. I love a hot coffee, but on a car trip, I'll go with cold coffee. That gets me real good. I do enjoy a Stoke or any kind of like nice yeah, you know, ice okay. latte from a coffee shop or whatever. So that's going to be a must. I'm going to stay caffeine-ated. Um, and you know what? I'm with you on a, on a buzzy water right there. I'm probably going to grab yeah. me a big old Topo Chico since I'm an honorary Ooh. Mexican now. How about that? <laughs> and Topo Chico is straight from Mexico. Straight from That's the source. That's where they get the, at water. the source. Bottle mm-hmm. at the source right there, man. I do love a Topo Chico. I do love like Yeah, me too. Yeah, The bubbliest of all waters right there, man. Yeah. So That's and probably the one I go towards. Have you tried their hard seltzer? It was too it's sweet. Disappointing. Yeah, I know. It's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. It really, honestly, it tastes about like any other one, like a white claw or whatever, only yeah. with like more sugar to it. I think. Yeah, which I, was, I don't I was, need. Yeah, that that was very disappointed in it. I mean, uh, if you're gonna go with a hard seltzer, I think I've said this before, but the Dos Equis, uh Ranch Water is great. It's pretty damn it's good. Yeah. It is, man. And yeah. um, actually, Untitled Art, I think, makes the best seltzers that I've had. Oh, Theirs really? Are, oh, dude. They're oh, yeah, like, I haven't tried. I haven't totally try, I've never even thought to try like a local brewery or like microbrewery seltzer because it's always like, why would I pay extra money <laughs> for a hard seltzer? Because it's extra good. Because it's dude, extra they have good. A, okay. Yeah. They have a couple that have like like pixie sticks on the on the can that like have uh-huh. a real like pixie stick Kool-Aid kind of flavor to them. Oh, so kind of like soury but sweet. Yeah, they're okay. dope, man. That's really 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 good. And uh, they even do a few that are just like totally mimicking like Kool-Aid like fruit punch and shit. Okay. That are good as hell. I lo- like I love good. fruit punch Kool-Aid. Like I will get uh, a craving for it every once in a while and uh, like 
when we first moved back to Tennessee, I had this like gigantic craving. I wanted to find a place that had fried chicken and uh, fruit punch Kool-Aid. <laughs> I couldn't I'm find it I'm not going to lie. That sounds awesome. And I if know, that was in right? front of me right now, I would eat I it. fucking tear it up. Sounds I know, great. but I couldn't find a place. And it's like, this is the South. Why don't we have that? <laughs> Woof, man. All right, so we're eating, we're drinking, we're snacking, we're listening. But, hey, we need to make the time go by. This this old trip out to the coast is just taking too long. We need to play a fun game and uh-huh. keep this trip on just a going by. What are you doing? Are you, are you punch bugging? Are you, uh, uh, I don't know, other games? What's your road game of choice? I like to play that game. Uh, remember the Tiny Toons movie? Uh, where, There's where, a car. There's a car. Yeah, I like There's to play a There's a Car. Uh, I'm, I was thinking about that because that also has the, the hitchhiker they pick up that is, you know, murderous. Um, but they also do play the road game, There's a Car, which That's is good. they just point out every car that passes. That's a really good idea. That'll pass yeah, the time for sure. that's a fun one. But, uh, I, you know, uh, I think... I think like uh, never have I. Well, that never have ever is usually a drinking game, but you can just play it that way. I, uh, one thing that we've done before, Emily and I, is just like have a stack of Trivial Pursuit cards and just have the passenger ask Dude, the questions. That's a good time right there. Yes, yeah. just random mm-hmm. Trivial Pursuit stuff. That is a great way. I've I've definitely yep. burnt time on trips doing that too. Yeah. So that that's that would be my choice. Just stack of Trivial Pursuit cards. Everybody can answer or whatever. That's a good call. Yep. What about you? So the road game of all road games, from from my experience, the, the the game that will make like, you know, six hour car rides just fucking melt and open portals in time. Uh huh. Is uh is the movie game, and I don't even know if there's another name for this, and I'm trying to remember now who taught it to us. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. But the entire premise is just everybody in the car passes around. Uh, I guess trivia like this, where I'd be like, hey, uh, Robert Pattinson was in the Batman with Colin Farrell. And then it goes to you, and you have to name Colin Farrell was in this movie with this person. Colin Farrell was in In Bruges with, uh, what's his name? Matt I. Moody. Yeah, exactly. And then about Matt I. Moody was... Right, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So you just pass it around like that. There's something about that game and the simplicity of it that just destroys time. I don't understand how oh, yeah. it works, but it's fucking awesome. And it's really fun, especially if you know some of those like deep cut, you know, weird things where you're just like, oh yeah, Flea was in this movie with that guy. And then yeah, somebody has to deal the, with Flea. The chase, you know? he and Anthony Kiedis with uh, Charlie Sheen, yeah, right? Exactly. And he was man. also and then, in ba- uh, Back to the back Future, to the future. Uh, 2 and 3. Exactly. So somebody could use that and, you know, mm-hmm. toss that around. You can impose okay. laws on like, well, you've already used this actor once. You can't use him again. But eh, that's not fun. Right. Just try not to duplicate answers exactly. And you're going to have a I'm good time. I'm just going to invent it. the game. What movies was Flea in? Big Lebowski. That's solid. <laughs> yeah. There is a nihilist. Yeah. He is a nihilist. Bring us pancakes. <laughs> I love that. I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to rewatch it. So good. Oh, my God. It's so fantastic. So, yeah, that is the game that's going to get us to our destination and let us have the ultimate road trip. There we go. We did it. We've had the ultimate road trip now. Thanks, Ryan. That was fucking awesome. That's a great suggestion. That was a really, really good. Definitely better than anything that we came up. We were like, do we talk about hitchhikers that we could fuck again? I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I did suggest Rutgerist Howers, and I can't believe you didn't jump at that. It's pretty good, uh, man. He's seen Tears and Rain and yeah. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but and we, and we will have to. Uh, last week, Mark suggested that we talk about road core movies, which is a, a term he invented for the Hitcher. And uh, okay. we're going to need to uh, establish what exactly road core is as we move into the movie discussion. There we go. Let's talk about Le Hitcher from <laughs> 1986. Is that right? 86, yeah. Man, I was still just in my playpen, uh-huh. peeing in my pants when this movie was in theaters. I had no idea. Yeah, just for fun, man. I, like, yeah. I had no idea something so cool was in the movie theater. I didn't even have no job back then. I couldn't buy what? no ticket. I wasn't doing oh, nothing Miyazaki good, man. Miyazaki would be pissed about that. Oh, dude, he'd be like, this kid <laughs> needs a job. Asshole. Get a job. Start a delivery service as a cute witch. Do something, at least, man. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting around peeing your pants like an asshole, you know? Nope. <laughs> He's not wrong. I was. You were, yeah. It's in my permanent record book. You can look it up. <laughs> yep, you can go read the permanent record book. Mm-hmm. Kid was an asshole again, just peed pants. That's it. Uh, and didn't have this a job. Movie, yeah, no job on that kid. Come on, man. Now, this movie, it's been out since I was only a two-year-old, but I just seen it for the first time. Yeah. Whenever we decided to do it for the show. And mm-hmm. uh, damn it. This movie is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, it is. The poster for it sucks. Like, I think the poster with, like, yeah. you know, the, the silhouette of the hitchhiker and, like, the scared eyes in the rearview mirror, like, blows. And like, even, like, the little description on, like, Amazon and stuff where it's like, a sadistic hitchhiker reigns terror on a young man. It's like, this sounds like some shitty 80s piece of garbage Slasher. movie yeah. yeah which you know also means i'd probably like it let's be honest <laughs> right because i love garbage uh, but dude this movie punches way above its weight class when it absolutely yeah. did not have to i was not expecting going into this for this to be this like somber borderline existential dark ass brooding movie like it is yeah. like within the first fucking 10 minutes of the movie, we'll talk about that in a second. Like, I was like, holy shit, this is not the movie I thought that it was. When did you watch this movie for the first time? Uh, for the screaming chats. Um, oh. I knew I had heard it was good. I found a good rip on YouTube, and it was just like, let's just watch a good movie tonight. <laughs> um, and we did, and it was, uh, and we enjoyed ourselves. And so, um, uh, it was. I don't know why I hadn't seen it up to that point. Um, I had heard about it a lot. I think I always mixed it up with another movie that I had seen, and I just thought like, um, I'm not interested. Like my brain just kicked it out or whatever. But when we yeah. watched it that night on the screaming chat, it was just so clear from the beginning. Like, oh, this is this is good. This is really good. Uh, Rucker wow. Hauer is amazing. Uh, Fucking. But phenomenal. yeah, that was the first time. But uh, wow, in, in the screaming chat, which is a place where we do not take kindly to movies. Yeah, yeah. Just all of them. We're mean to them. But this one, we were just like, no, this is good. This is fun. And it's it's really a very simple, straightforward movie where you have C. Thomas Howell, who's uh, delivering a car across the country, a little takeaway car business. And he yeah. picks up Rutger Hauer, who is a fucking lunatic and he just yep. wreaks havoc on him the rest of the movie like that's yep. basically it it's a very simple plot yeah so 
the movie, uh, the idea for this movie, uh, Eric Red, he uh, liked Eric the, the song. Red, the Viking. Yep, the Viking, Eric the Red. After discovering Vinland, was like, you know what? I'll make a movie. And everyone was like, what's that? And he was like, don't worry, your kids are gonna love it. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know who's related to him? Oh, is it is it you? Is it me? Is it us? I'll get. I'll give you a hint. You're on a podcast with him right now. It's Ben Eller. Yeah, he's related to him. Huh. Oh, hell. Oh, heck. Um, so, uh, Eric Red, he uh, was a big fan of the Doors song, Riders on the Storm. And Riders on a Corpse. Riders on the Corpse, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that song, of course, is is like you know, about a, a killer on the road uh, who, you know, basically the setup of the movie, this idea of driving on a, on a rainy road and running into this killer. Uh, and he just sort of ran from there. Damn. So Mr. Mojo Ryzen is to thank for this movie indirectly. Yeah. Mr. Mojo Ryzen. Um, get that, but this song or this song, this movie, (laughs) uh, also is very similar in ways to Steven Spielberg's 1971 made-for-TV movie, Duel, which I talked about a little bit last week with uh, Mark and Corey, uh, and which I watched for this particular movie because I saw comparisons to Duel and I had never seen Duel. Duel is uh, uh, Spielberg's first feature-length film. It is uh, based off of a Richard Matheson screenplay, which uh, our story Richard Matheson, great. Uh, tons of Twilight episodes based off of his stories. Uh, right, lots of yeah. other movies, etc. Um, and it, it kind of has a little bit of a Twilight Zone feel to it. But it is about a, a guy who is uh, going to uh, uh, an area of California that takes a while to get to on these like long, windy stretch of roads. And he early, like maybe five minutes in, just passes this big truck on the road and that initiates a road rage incident in which this truck is now chasing him for the next 90 minutes. It's essentially wow. a 90 minute chase and it is like it, it has so much of the feel of the hitcher of like this just psychopath uh, except it feels more like because you only ever see the guy driving the truck's arm and his legs when he steps out of the truck at one point, but you never see his face. Oh, that's uh, cool. Ne- never hear a voice. You never see him even through the windows of the truck, really, other than his arm, like, waving someone around or whatever. And, like, everything this guy does to try to escape this just, like, fails. And and it seems almost supernatural. Like, the, the truck driver seems almost supernatural, like this, like the hitcher. This does sound or, a lot like the hitcher, yeah. Yeah, um... And, and in fact, like the 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 executive at HBO who uh, kind of greenlit the, the movie said that about it that it was basically the Hitcher with, but with a guy, or uh, basically huh. uh, Duel but with a Duel. guy, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, um, which was the selling point for her, like you know Spielberg's Duel is fucking awesome, and it really is. Like get get a hold of the highest quality copy you can of Duel and watch it. It it you can tell it's Spielberg. Even though it's on like a TV budget, um, it, it's amazing. Looks great. Wow, really cool. fun. This is more intense, obviously, and does take uh, the killer out of the car. 
Um, yeah. And there's a lot more to it. It's not just like ripping off Duel, but it, it really is playing off of a, a very tense concept, which I think is what Mark was getting at when he dubbed this road core, is that there are these movies that are like horror movies that a, a, a car chase is one of the central elements of it. Yeah. Um, you, a death proof, for instance. Yeah, totally. Car, very central chase, etc. cetera. Uh, uh, Christine could be a road core movie as the car is consistently chasing people and running them over. It uh, sure is. Yeah. I, I think there is like this vein of movies uh, killer car is another one. I mentioned it during the Christine episode, but this vein of movies that is about like the road and how scary the road itself. I mean, I think you could even say final destination two with that, like opening scene is about how scary driving is. Okay. And yeah, I get it. Like th- this relies on picking up a hitchhiker, but seeing hitchhikers was a much more common thing in the seventies into the eighties. So it was a a regular occurrence on the road. So there were these like horror stories of picking up hitchhikers, whether they were true or not. Um, that it, it, I, I'm saying this to say that this was normal, um, a normal thing a driver had to think about. Should I pick up that hitchhiker? Oh yeah. Um, Well, and I feel like now you just don't have to think about it much. Right. Well, and I feel like too, you know, coming out of the seventies. And into the 80s, I feel like hitchhiking was definitely a little bit more of a common thing, where especially through like the hippie era, I think you had a lot more people that were, you know, just kind of cruising the roads and hitchhiking yeah. across the country and everything. Like, And I always remembered hearing stories from, you know, my my parents and their whole generation about like, oh, I heard this story in the news about the hitchhiker that killed somebody. And right. It was like actually kind of a little bit more of an everyday occurrence back then to have the concept of picking up a hitchhiker, which to yeah. me is one of those things that like, I don't know. I, I don't think that I would ever do. I've never picked up a hitchhiker before, but because I've absorbed so many like, you know, true crime podcasts, I don't think I ever yeah, will. <laughs> exactly. You know, and the thing is, though, the more like when you investigate hitchhiking murders, the more likely scenario is the hitchhiker is going to get killed. Right. Not the yeah. person that's picking them up. So, like, like it's weird that it got kind of, like, warped in that way. But it also makes sense because the, 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 the feel of it, uh, you know, if you've never picked up a hitchhiker. I've been in a car picked, picking up a hitchhiker. I was not oh. the one who was driving. Um, but the feel of it is, what the fuck? is this like we we just went from normal everyday driving to now stranger in the car who is this person yeah are am i even gonna get enough time to know who this person is and what if this person attacks me or what if we're taking this person somewhere to do something terrible like just all that stuff runs through your mind because now you're in the unknown yeah, and and you know it's like we've watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> like I hate to be that way. People need to get to places, and not everybody can afford a car and shit. Like I get it, but that seems like a risky move. I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah I do think that like, um, I think we're much more risk averse because we have a whole lot more uh, knowledge at our fingertips now. Like, you know, in the seventies, you might hear about a serial killer. Um, but 
now, looking back on it 50 years later, we know there were way more serial killers than they were talking about. A whole <laughs> like, lot. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot more. Like, you just didn't have the knowledge to be afraid. Whereas now, like, we know all this shit, and it's like, be afraid of everything. Because everything's scary. <laughs> Even though, like, crime is lower, and honestly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with everybody having a smartphone and shit, like, everything is yeah. a lot safer. Uh-huh. I don't know. But still, Biden. you never know. Because Biden, you know. That, that damn Biden, you know what he's out here doing? <laughs> he's he's letting hitchhikers kill people. He they, is. He, I he just passed that, passed that bill, the hitchhiker kill people bill. <laughs> and as I said, it's a really simple story, and it's a very small cast. Like, there's, I, I guess there's yeah. an extended cast of, like, cops and stuff like that, but yeah, our main cast yeah. is just, uh, yeah, Rucker Hauer, who's a absolute fucking lunatic. We have C. Thomas Howell, True. who's a guy who picks him up, who just seems like a, a young, plucky guy. Who's yep. just trying to you know make a buck and see the country? I guess uh, along yep. the way he meets Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Yep. And who's uh, just a lady working at a diner? Yep, she's just working at a diner uh, and happens to believe him. Uh, and then the I guess the one cop who matters is Jeffrey Demun, uh, who is the one who doesn't try to kill him instantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, all the other cops just fit one profile, and that is dumbass cop who's gonna shoot you. Uh, uh, yeah, and... the cops do not look very good in this movie. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair portrayal, honestly, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, the cops in this situation. I believe you can look at past situations where there there's been a cop killed, and there's a chase or whatever. They will hurt. Tons of other people to just try to get that cop killer because it's it's all about protecting the reputation, mm, um, mm. and also the guy you worked with or whatever. Um, yeah, definitely so plenty th- of that this, going on in this movie. Exactly. Yeah, like very specifically, like the the you spit on my wrist, wipe it off scene where it's just like let Dude. the people behind me see you trying to reach for a gun so I can that kill you. yeah that moment in the movie I was just like what the fuck did he just say he's like you spit on my wrist now go over here and wipe it off and I was like what the fuck is he talking about and then it took me a second because I, I felt like see Thomas Howell in that scene where I was like confused like what no I didn't what are you talking about right and then I was like oh he wants it to look like he reached for the gun. That way he can just smoke this kid, no questions asked. Yep. And be like, I'll defend and like, myself. See, Thomas Howell seemed like, uh, what's his name? Let's call him by his name. Jim. Jim. See, <laughs> Thomas Howell's a lot to say. Um, Soul Man. Let's call him Soul Man. Um, oh, let's not. <laughs> let's not. Let's ooh, not. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, bad career decision. Probably ooh, very, not his decision. Probably his manager's, but whatever. Um, so, Jim, in that moment, the that we're talking about, he does seem to be wise to they're going to try to kill me because he tosses the gun out to, for everybody to see and comes out with his hands behind his head, fingers right. interlaced. Like, he's coming out like, everybody, look, I am not doing it because I think they're going to kill me, basically. Like, it's it's pretty much going through his mind in that moment. So, overall, just a very small cast driving this movie through. How do you think that everybody does performance-wise? Oh, I mean, Rutger Hauer is uh, one of the best villains I've ever seen. 
So, Phenomenal. I agree, man. I'm like, yeah. people are always talking about, yeah, your Hannibal Lecters, your fucking Heath Ledger Jokers and stuff. And sure. I'm like, why are people not talking about uh, yeah. John Ryder, the Hitcher? Like, holy fuck, is he ever intense and yeah. intelligent yep. and weirdly, like, playful and sadistic, but also, yeah. like, just fucking terrifying, man. He's... Phenomenal in this. Rucker Howard was truly a monster of an actor. And uh, yeah, just just uh, I I watched the uh, making of documentary, which is called "How Do These Movies Get Made," um, which was one of the things a critic said about this movie. Um, Wow. uh, Rucker Howard was unleashed. Like basically, (laughs) I mean, this is a first time director. What's his name? Um, Rob Harmon. Uh, first time director. Jeez. Uh, this is Rutger Hauer. For first director. Damn. Yeah. Uh, this is Rutger Hauer. Like you know, he's he's famous as fuck. Uh, and so basically everything he decided to do just went on camera. So all the weird shit that he's throwing in there is him. Whoa. Yeah. And that gets um, highly intense. I I heard that like. Even that scene there towards the front of the movie where, you know, he decides he's going to stay in the car with with Jim. Yeah. And he puts that knife up to his face. Like, yeah, that was, that was not in the script. That was improvised. Nope. Like, yep. and fucking uh, uh, C. Thomas Howell has like a tear run down his cheek onto the blade. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like bonkers shit, man. That was yeah. just made up on the spot. Yes, you gotta. You really gotta give C. Thomas Howell a lot of credit here because he. This was his. He saw it as his first like acting acting job, and uh, he was intimidated, very intimidated by Rutger Hauer, and he went with it all. Like he like he made those improvisational scenes work by one being genuinely scared. But two, going with it despite the fact that he was scared, not saying cut, like not asking. For him to stop or whatever, just really letting him do whatever weird shit he wanted to do, and it, it it comes across a lot that he is genuinely frightened of this man. Oh yeah, no, I I think that his I'll put it to you this way: I think like a lot of the movie, it's like Rutger Hauer is the one that is acting in the scenes, and C. Thomas Howell is the one that's reacting during most yep. of the scenes because. Yep. You know, Rucker is is very much in charge, uh, considering his role as our you know movie maniac here. So it's up to see Thomas Howell just to kind of react to it and be the victim in most of these scenes. And I think it would have been really easy for it to get very over the top and like, like let's say like, uh, you know, just over the top silly and overreacty. Like whenever he's he's got that moment where he's out there. Um, like you know, rubbing dirt on his face, and he like yeah, yeah, just he, gives he, up and tries to fucking shoot himself. Suicide, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't come across as like over the top at all. No, to me. no, it, it really does feel like because like he's basically gone from sweet boy who's just gonna go live with his uncle in San Diego to finding out that the entire system doesn't work and that any random psycho can ruin your life. In just a moment. That's true. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's it's not only just the burden of dealing with, like, oh, shit, my life is in danger right now. I have this guy who's trying to murder me. Also, he figures out along the way that, like, also the cops are not going to help me. Like, I am 
fucked in the situation. Yep. His entire worldview seems to crumble pretty fucking quickly, and it's all within the yep. course of like twenty four hours. <laughs> and that is uh, from Rutger Hauer's perspective. He uh, he said that uh, he saw the character of John Ryder as um, as one uh, obviously a, a liar. His name's not John Ryder. Like yeah, yeah. That that's just a a fake name. Like he he in the interrogation room is is obviously something that Heath Ledger must have been channeling in Dark Knight. Just the right. idea of like we have no idea who this is. Um, no, the whole concept. thing's a joke to him. The whole thing's a joke to him. He's not not taking any of it seriously. Yeah. So like he saw this as um he's training this person who he sees this spark of life in to be more like him. It's basically like he's, he's like passing, passing the torch. He feels like the character. Mm hmm. And it makes you wonder so, too, if like his entire journey started when, you know, somebody molded him into who he is. Right. Like if he was the guy behind the wheel of the car just mm-hmm. full of life and, and zest. And then he picked up the wrong fucking hitchhiker. Uh, it makes yeah. you wonder if that's how his whole journey started. But you never find how, shit out about him, which I love. No, you don't. Yeah, which, yeah, it's 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 great to just know nothing. Um, he He's obviously, he sees this as either I'm going to play with this kid's mind until I discover he's not going to do the thing I want him to do, or the thing I want him to do is kill me. <laughs> he's he's come to the desire for retirement in death, yeah. and he's trying to pass the torch. And like it's it's so warped to see the way that he reacts to Jim a lot of the times. There's times when he's looking at him with like almost a fatherly affection. I know, like, right? Where he's like, "I'm I'm helping you learn here." Like, yeah, even that scene whenever he like shoots the helicopter down, uh huh, just to keep him alive so he can continue playing with him. Like the way yeah. he has this look of satisfaction, like I'm helping. Like, it's yeah, fucking weird, <laughs> man. Yes, and and right after the scene where he, you know, uh, Jim is in the desert, uh, you know, contemplating suicide, right after that scene, you know, he goes into that cafe and um, he he's kind of got his head down. He looks up and there is John Ryder sitting across from him and he, he has his gun. He's got his gun under the table. He's saying he's going to blow him in half or whatever. Um, and uh, Rutger Howard does the finger gun. And then yeah, he's like, I've got mine pointed at you too. And it's just his finger right. gun. Yeah. And he's obviously taking it as like a joke. Cause he know he says that the gun isn't loaded. He knows the gun isn't loaded cause he unloaded it. He has the bullets. Um, but he, he does that like bang. And then Jim just like starts like firing the gun with this like maniac look on his face. And yeah, the, the look on Rutger Hauer's face, I don't even know how to describe what he goes through. It's like he he's about to like burst into riotous laughter and he's about to cry and he's yeah. like it it's like he it's like he's like proud cuz like he he wants him to kill him and that he would have 
he would have done it. And it's like he's proud of it, but he's also like he sees the fear on Jim's face and thinks it's funny. And like it, it, it's crazy how much he brings to that one little moment with yeah. just his face. Dude, for real. It's great. Like it is so bizarre and intense and just oddly specific emotions that he is portraying so fucking well. And then it's yeah. like, you know, Jim is sitting there just devastated after that because he realizes, like, I would have just killed this guy. Yeah. And then he sits there and fucks with him and, like, puts the pennies over his eyes like, you're uh-huh. already dead. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? And I guess that was yeah. also something that Rutger, like, made up on the spot, right? too. Yes. <laughs> and then like, he gives and- him the bullets. Like, he gives him the bullets to be like, yeah. okay, here, here you, you go. go. Here's what you need to actually do the mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Like, the way that the way that he's constantly pushing Jim through this entire experience. And it's funny a second ago, you just mentioned Heath Ledger's the Joker. Yeah. Um, the way his entire intent is, and he says it within the first 10 minutes of the movie, he's like, I want you to stop me. I want you uh-huh. to stop me. I, I yeah. want you to retire me. Essentially. It mm-hmm. reminded me so much of the way that, um, I think it's in the killing joke, but I might be wrong where the Joker is just like, Constantly trying to push Batman into killing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah. I, I want you to break your code. Like, it is worth me dying to break you. Yeah. And that is that is so warped and fucked up and sadistic because even whenever you do make that person mad enough um, or break that person enough to kill you, you're not there to see that person being broken. Right. So it's like, where's the satisfaction there? And then also, if you're the person that kills the Joker or kills the Hitcher in this case, what satisfaction is there? Because you are shattered. It's right. so fucking bleak, man. Whole, like, I, I got a lot of like, Joker vibes. Yeah, like the whole like loss of innocence here. There, There is like a, a, a reading of this movie as uh, being about uh, gay panic and about repressing one's like desires and things. I saw and, a lot of people talking about yeah, some of the homoerotic kind of overtones yeah. going on in this movie, and, and it's definitely an entirely valid reading of this to say that this is a dream. That this entire thing is a dream. It. I wondered it about has, that because like the first thing in the movie is him falling asleep and almost getting hit by a truck. Like right, yeah. he's falling asleep when the movie starts. Right, so did he fall asleep and have this dream, and then, you know, that's all it is. Because there are so many elements that can be easily um, seen as dreamlike. Uh, the yeah. score itself is very dreamlike. The very way much. that uh, the way that John Ryder just appears at the exact moments when he lets his guard down. Like, He's always anytime there. he lets his guard down, that's exactly when he shows up. Yeah, um, as if like from nowhere. And it almost seems like a lot of the times like nobody even notices that right. John Ryder is there. Like I was I was watching the movie the other night. Kate didn't get to watch it whenever I watched it. I was watching it again with her. And I was kind of watching it with the mindset of like, what if this is like a fight club fucking split personality right. thing with yeah. Jim and John? Like their names are yes. so similar. Because it seems like a lot of the movie people don't interact with Rugger Hauer. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that I think, I think it is a dream, and that makes the repressed sexuality reading uh, more valid because, yeah. like, uh, it it does ask a lot of questions. Like, 
the, these things weren't necessarily baked into the script because Rutger Hauer is doing Rutger Hauer stuff. So his staring taking his and, own direction, and, yeah, yeah, he's like leering at Jim and stuff. Those those are his choices. Uh, and also, there was originally a a love scene written for uh, Nash and, and uh, Jim, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee and, and uh, C. Thomas Howell, but like. Jen- I think Jennifer Jason Lee kind of argued against it, lobbied against okay. it like that. The character wouldn't do that, and she's right. Like she's exactly right. She's just gone through all this trauma. She's not in love with this guy. She just sees an injustice. She sees yeah. a wrong that needs to be righted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the fact that they don't have that sex, and in the the time when that love scene could occur. He disappears, and then like uh, John Ryder comes in and takes her. It, it, it's almost like there's just like, as you said, that Fight Club sort of element where like he kind of disappears while the other part of the persona does the bad thing. Right. Like, yeah. He's he's kind of not there in that moment. Uh, I also think it's interesting that she's pulled apart. Like she's pulled. From, like in in half by yeah. the, the truck <sighs> because like that's there seems to be this like because everybody in this is some level of dark shade of gray like there there are no real good people in this except no. for maybe her because she she does not want him Jim to be like punished for something he didn't do. But she also refuses to shoot at the cops, no matter the fact that they're shooting at her. That's she true, yeah. A, she is just like, no, I'm not going to shoot at these cops. Yeah. I don't want to kill anybody, yeah. She has a very strong sense of justice. And what she's discovering is that either side is dirty. So she's basically being pulled apart by her sense of justice. Like, it, mm, yeah, she, yeah. Can't, she can't stay in the middle any longer. She can't just be like, oh, the cops are good. Because she sees what they do, but she also can't just go blindly with this guy because she's still not positive about him. So she's kind of pulled apart, uh, which is exactly what happens in the movie. Is she gets ripped apart by uh, a, a truck? Uh, <laughs> like that's brutal as fuck. This oh movie's so brutal. And, and that's another like kind of like dreamy part of the movie to me yeah. too, where there are some weird like. It feels like time lapses in yes. the movie where it's like, yeah. yeah, he's in that hotel room with her. He takes a shower. He comes out. She's missing. He uh, rips that fucking towel bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the cops are like, oh, he's got her all chained up uh, between these two trucks and you're the only yeah. person that can help her. Like, and it's like, boy, that that happened fast. That was a change. Well, and the thing is, like, like while he's in the cab of the truck they could be cutting those ropes because the like Rod Ryder is not looking back. He is only paying attention to Jim while he's in the cab of the truck. Yeah. But yeah. I believe it's like dreamlike symbolism. Like, yes, the cops could be doing that, but it's not important. The meaning is, is what's important. Like what is being done? She's being pulled apart by these two entities that are, both have their own sense of justice, and both those senses of justice are really muddy and dirty. Yeah, for real. Uh, and it's interesting, too, that you said that the movie is brutal, because it 
in the rear view is, and you're thinking right. about, yeah, her getting pulled apart by the truck at the end of the movie, which is just so fucking brutal. Yeah. And then, you know, even in the intro where he's just like, yeah, that guy's not going far. I cut off his legs and I cut off his head. And, oh, I mean, how, how many fucking people did you say he kills in, in this movie? He kills 19 people. That's two beyond Freddie and Jason. That's well yeah. beyond Freddie and Jason. He kills but like, two children. Like, yeah. Children. That he yeah. was playing with earlier. It is... And that's 15 minutes into the movie. <laughs> but anyway. weirdly enough, like, you don't really see that much stuff in this movie. Nope, like, him, him getting shot mm-hmm. at the end of the movie and just yeah. having, you know, some squibs go off and a little bit of Kara syrup fly out. That's yeah. about as brutal as the movie actually gets. You don't yeah. really see a lot. It's got that Texas Chainsaw effect where, like... In your head, you remember watching that hook go through that girl. Right. That never happened in the movie, though. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, because it's such an effective job of of shooting and editing. There there was never a, a, an actual shot of her being ripped apart. That was like a rid, like planned from the beginning that they weren't actually going to shoot it because they weren't actually going to show it. Oh. Um, but I, I think, uh, like, what you're saying, there... The the gore in this is, yeah, all implied. There's like the dripping of the blood out of that family's car. So you know the four people in that car are dead. But and you it's don't so bad it. that he like throws up immediately. Yeah, it's he like throws up. Yeah. He, yeah. We see um, you know, the finger in the hamburger, which is probably the one <laughs> bit of gore, really. Yeah, and, it's yeah, and and I I had like watching it and thinking of it as a dream. When that happens, it feels like to me the confirmation that it is a dream. Because mm-hmm. how did it get there? Yeah, right. It's like the diner wasn't even open, but somehow right. he has already planted a severed finger in the fry basket. Yeah, and he knew that he was going to order a burger and fries. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was a moment where I was like, now how the fuck did that get there? And it could just be Jim, of course, like experiencing trauma because he's just had these traumatic things happen to him. So he, that that was just in his mind. It wasn't real because it doesn't True. get mentioned again. That's a possibility. But okay, I, yeah. I feel like that's an indication of the dream. But that that is like the one thing we see. The one time. I mean, we see the dead bodies of the, the police, but that's not. It's really just blood is all you see. You don't see. I mean, we hear a dog. Like lapping at a wound, basically, which is kind of really gross. But you don't see what it's like going after. So yeah, it, it is it is light on the gore, but heavy on it still. Like it still feels heavy because your your mind fills all these gaps in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, really does. The movie is really effective in that way where you know, again, I would look back and say, man, that movie's fucking brutal. But it's like if you watched a clip reel of all the violence, you'd be like, yeah, it's not really, actually. Yeah. No, but not, the not mood of everything is is just so heavy. I mean, because of those acting choices that everybody is doing and also because, dude, the soundtrack is like the secret actor of this movie. The soundtrack in this yeah. is so fucking heavy and so weighty. And it's one of those things that makes you fully understand, like how much the score choice affects your emotional reaction to a scene. I mean, perfect example is like at the end of the movie, you know, whenever he, um, whenever he confronts John Ryder and he, 
uh, flings him off the hood of the car, and then he shoots him. Like if that was playing like fucking uh, like Hulk Hogan's theme song, you would think that it was trying to say like he won, the good guy won, and he's yeah. standing there by the door of his car. Yeah, but, but instead, yeah. oh dude, like that yeah. soundtrack right there, because there, uh-huh. there's no dialogue at the end there. There's no like. And then I drove off into the sunset and delivered that car right. to California, and I had a good life. There's no dialogue at all at the end of the movie right there. But the soundtrack is there telling you, this is not a happy ending whatsoever. Right. Holy fuck. Whenever that like bleak-ass synth started playing, and then he just goes over to the side of the police vehicle, right. and he's standing there in silhouette, and the credits start rolling, Like I felt fucking like nothing inside. Oh. Yeah. That is Brutal. that is by the way that's Spielberg's duel. That is that is exactly out of that because like that's exactly how duel ends basically. Really, it's just with a a feeling of like what what just happened here and that like the credits rolling long shot just yeah and, and it's genius. It's a it's a great ending for this because it's like uh <laughs> um Rutger Hauer said it was almost like a like. Uh, the John Ryder is it, almost like a gentle, thankful ending where like, yeah. instead of like, you know, cause Jim has gone through all this shit. You would think that one shot with a shotgun wouldn't be enough that he'd go over and just keep shooting him and shooting him or like hit him in the head or something. Just make sure he's just absolutely dead. But instead it's the one shot and then off to contemplate what just happened. Oh, it's yeah, Bleak. it's much more brutal than than having him shoot him over and over or whatever. Uh, but anyway, you were talking about the soundtrack, and I, I wanted to talk about the soundtrack. I actually want to talk about a few of the people who worked behind the scenes that I think really helped make this movie sing. Okay. Uh, number one, I think this is probably one of the most perfect scores for a movie. Like it Agreed. perfectly captures exactly the feeling they wanted it to have. Yep, it's honestly up there with like like Terminator and Terminator Two. Right, it's like it has yeah. this soulless synthesizer soundtrack yes. that just makes you feel fucking dead inside. Yes. It's up there with those. So good. It's by uh, Mark Isham, who worked on like Point Break and uh, Fire in the Sky. He, uh, oh. a couple movies we've done, Blade and The Mist. And very recently, he just did the soundtrack for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. The oh, Cage the Nicolas Cage one. I've heard that's yeah. so good, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. Um, so, some A couple of other people, though, that made this movie. Number one, John Seal, the cinematographer. Like So good. Oh, my God. The cinematography is awesome, man. It, it really yeah. captures... And, and, you know, this is, again, I think kind of tying into that road core sort of thing that you were talking yes. about earlier, where, like, yeah. the vastness of America. America is yeah. fucking huge, and especially it's when so you're out big. there, you know, yeah. on the West Coast, like they are in this, and there's, like, these huge that, patches of fucking desert where nothing. it's just yeah. desolate. You're absolutely alone. Alone. You know? Yeah. It seems like, oh, I'm on a highway. No, no way I'm America. alone. You are alone. Um, yeah. And, and the the thing is that's interesting is that uh, John Seal also was the cinematographer on another road core movie, Mad Max Fury Road. He knows something about shooting some intense shit going on Hell in motor yeah, vehicles. He does. I'll tell you that. Yes, man. he does. Uh, also, the editor Frank uh, Uriost, 
Uriest? Uriest? You I are don't know. I-O-S-T-E. Um, I, I just want to read to you this guy's work from 1984 to 1993. This okay. is his editing work. Conan the Destroyer. All right. Red Sonja. The Hitcher. Robocop. Die Hard. Roadhouse. Oh, shit. Total Recall. Basic Instinct. Tombstone. So, like, the 80s. He did. Yeah. He did the Three 80s. Academy Award nominations for Best Film Editing in that This span. guy can cut up a movie, is what <laughs> you're telling yeah. me. And, 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 like, you've got this amazing cinematography from John Seal, um, and you've got these outstanding performances. The, the editing still shines in this, though, because it, it like... It shows enough and the shot the the chosen moments are just so perfect. Like it it really is just a real good team of people making a movie. Yeah. Uh, dude, absolutely. And some of the editing choices in there that I think are so so good and so effective. I mean, obviously anytime you have like a close scene between um, you know, John and, and, and Jim, like where they're having yeah. a really intense conversation. You have those tight cuts between the close-ups of their faces yeah. and stuff. That's obviously really great stuff. But even some of those parts where, okay, there's the part where Jim is in the back seat of the cop car. Yeah. And it seems like he's like, okay, I'm going to turn myself in. This is all going to turn out okay. And just like over his shoulder, almost subliminally out of the rear glass of the cop car, you see yeah. this black truck just kind uh-huh. of like coming up hot behind him. Jesus. It's and so you don't, like you don't think anything of it, and then suddenly there's John Ryder blowing these cops away. Yeah. While Jim is in a moving vehicle in the back seat. Yeah. Like utmost danger. And it happens so fast that you're just like, what is that truck? Oh my God. It's just like yeah. how it would happen if that was happening to you in the backseat of that cop car. Like the yeah. edits are so tight and so well chosen, man. And and uh, so, like, just to talk about that scene and what happens there, that is right when, like, he is sort of, like, taking the cops hostage and he has just spoken to Jeffrey DeMunn's character, Captain Estridge, on the the CB and he's, he's told him, like, no, I'll, I'll treat you fair or whatever. Uh, and that's right when he has let his guard down that black truck just comes right around that like right in that shot you just see his face just kind of like oh everything's gonna be okay and yeah black truck right there and well, like it's that's like you're saying just just when he had his guard down he's yeah. like maybe things are gonna be okay nope nope and and that's why like like pay attention to that if you're listening to this before watching it i, I mean whatever um but pay attention to that because then when they do catch John Ryder and they've done the interrogation and they're going to take him in the prison bus and uh, Captain Estridge takes uh, Jim the opposite way, you can see Jim going through it. Like he, he looks like he's about to let his guard down and then he's like, it's like it goes in his mind like, no, when I do that, that's when he shows up. Yeah, so every time. he steals Estridge's gun and turns it around. And absolutely, if he hadn't done that, John Ryder would have just escaped. But also, John Ryder seemed to know what he was going to do. Because his escape plan was that there was going to be a truck behind there. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, right? He knew him so well. He knew he was going to finally get past that, like, feeling that he was going to finally be safe and take it into his own hands to make his own safety. Jeez. Yeah. Brutal. It's like just a like breaking down of an innocent human being and making them this person. And just, just reveling by, in it. Yeah, and just being horrendous, like a devil of a person. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about you know the character of Ryder is is that he... I mean, he tells us in the first few minutes of the movie, like his entire mm-hmm. objective is, I want someone to stop yep. me. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be retired, if you're putting this in Blade Runner terms. Yep. And he has... Nothing to lose. He does not nope. care about life. He does not fear death whatsoever. Yeah, and, and he's clearly really good at this. Like, yeah. he's been doing it for a while, it seems. Like, he knows not to be too rushed about it. He just gets things done, blows up a gas station, you know, kills four cops in a police station or whatever without ever really breaking a sweat. Also, apparently, that was really Rutger doing some of those, like, stunt driving yes, things. Yes, it was. The stunt driving, yeah. Bonkers. Like, yes, that shit is, is hard. Yes, And he it fucking is. did it. Holy shit, yeah. man. But those moments, like, towards later uh, later on in the movie, whenever they have, like, the interrogation room scene where Jim comes out and just hawks a loogie and spits <laughs> all over his face. Yeah. And he is, like, stoked about it. Like, he is stoked that this kid that not 24 hours ago picked him up and was like, my mother told me to never do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just yeah. seemed so normal and innocent. Now this guy is spitting in his face, and he yeah. takes pleasure in it. He's like, I fucking broke this kid. It's yeah. so much more sadistic than a Freddy or a Jason just murdering somebody. It's like, well, that's, yeah. that's final and that's done. Um, Jim Ryder is taking pleasure in the fact that he is inflicting lifelong damage to this yeah. person. That's yeah. so Changing fucked up. Entirely, yeah. Yeah, Just so in less up. than a day. And again, in that's like that's Joker day. rules, man. Like, yeah. everybody is one bad day away from becoming me. That's what the Joker mm-hmm. says. Yep. Yeah, I think I think very much like this is, this is about breaking down a person and making them a villain. Like, he... He will never be the innocent boy he was ever, ever again. He can't do it. He can't go back. So he essentially killed him, but yeah. remolded him, rebirthed him in his own image. It's, yeah, it is very just like, and the thing is that like John Ryder doesn't spend a lot of time explaining anything. No. Like the stuff he says is in- enigmatic enough, but like. It also kind of make it just makes you get a feel for who he is more than him being like I do this because of this or that. Like, there's no like, there's no motivation that we can gather other than he likes to see human misery. Yeah, it's cool. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, dude. as a villain, that's fucking awesome. That's that's yeah. a really good villain. It's grim. It's fucking bleak. We don't know anything about why he does these things, how long he's been doing it. Um, yeah. We don't know a thing about him, and I think that makes it so terrifying. And that's also what, you know, again, makes the vastness of the roadways of America so scary. It's because, like, you you don't know what you're going to run into out there. Right. Everything's blank. Yeah. Everything's anonymous, especially in the pre, you know, smartphone age. Right, yeah. Uh, that's a very real possibility that you could meet a John Ryder out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I, and, you know, like, the fact that, like, when they first take him in, the police take him in, 
and they have to like call and hope someone is at home to confirm his identity and the fact that he would just sit in prison until or sit in jail until somebody could catch somebody else on the phone like it it was a whole different world these cops are only like able to interact with each other by phone and cb and hope they catch each other And, and that i think like helps explain why the cops keep sending these sort of waves of cops after them where it's just like it's all they got these yeah it's all they got these two cops now these two cops like they they the fact that they had a helicopter blew my, my mind like where did they get that? Is that a yeah. state helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> I think the intro of this is, is fucking mind-blowing. And it's like you yeah. get everything you need to know about the course of the movie within the first 10 minutes of the flip. Yeah. Like, it's not like, a again, you know, Freddie or Jason or Michael Myers, where it's like there's this long buildup and, oh, there's the killer 40 minutes into the movie. I thought this was just fun and kids having a good time. Oh, no, there's a killer. <laughs> it's like, no, within the first couple minutes of the movie it's like well this guy's in deep shit there's a lunatic in the car yeah, it, it comes in so hot and dude it's yeah. just like that entire thing where he's like say i want to die yes holy fuck is just bonkers and and i wonder like because it, it seems like uh from what uh eric read the the screenplay writer uh seem to indicate it seems like he saw like a spark of life in him that he didn't see in his previous victims and then like trying to get him to say i want to die is trying to confirm like no he's no different like he'll just do whatever i say i'll just kill him but when he does in fact like knock him out of the door like the 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 desire to survive is what makes him be like oh this is my special project like, right. This, yeah, this he's kid. definitely his project, right? Yeah. So I, because yeah, he I, I, he dispatches all the other people so fast, like the other people, yes, like entire families, mm-hmm. he just destroys in a yep. matter of of minutes. You know, several times throughout the movie. But this guy, he is clearly making, like you said, his his special project. It's like this guy has a desire to live, a desire to move on past me, and I have to destroy that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so sick. Um, I, I I do think though that like it's interesting what you're saying because like he does mow through people, and and like you see the Volkswagen that um, he was in before, right at the beginning. Basically, it passes Jim. That Volkswagen passes, and there's yeah. two people in it. So he's in the the Volkswagen at that point. They get a good bit ahead. He kills that guy dismembers him and then starts walking back on the road and that's where Jim sees him and then they see that that VW again like he was so proficient at killing and dismembering that he had I don't know maybe they had a 10 20 minute head start on on uh Jim there like he's he is just like this super efficient cold-blooded killer it, yeah. it's so perfectly set up without again ever having the exposition scene where the cops are like, he's wanted in 15 states, blah, 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 blah. Like, we never learn a thing about him. Nope. And I love it for that. I think that makes it so much better than if I did learn his entire origin story, you know? Yeah. I didn't watch the... There is a remake. 
with Sean oh, Bean. Yeah, with Scene Bean, right? Well, Scene Bean. I think it has like a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I did not watch it. Whoa. Um, I hear it's much more of like a torture porn type of thing, and uh, it's a Michael Bay production. Oh, um, is it really? Yeah, it, yeah. He was doing all those remakes in the mid to late two thousands, and that was one of them. Um, so yeah, I, I I think like seeing this, it is. It wasn't like a success in the box office, but this is a movie that definitely deserves its following um, because it. I mean it. It's debatable, I guess, with some people as to whether or not it's a horror movie. In fact, the uh, making of documentary that I watched opens with uh, all the people involved in the production and um, C. Thomas Howell and Rutger Hauer all giving their opinion on what genre it is. That's uh, a good question. Several yeah. of them say horror, though uh, the director says it's not horror. <laughs> um, some say thriller. Some say action. Um, but, but it, it, I think it fits horror because of the dreamlike feel of the whole movie and the, the uncanny ability of the killer to be exactly where he needs to be at all times. It's very Mike Myers, isn't it? Where yeah. it's just like, oh, suddenly he's there for reasons. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and the movie doesn't feel a need to explain all that, which is yeah. horror to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also, too, it's like thrillers don't usually leave me feeling this dead inside at the no. end. No, not really. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the horror thing, right? Like making you feel real gross by the yeah. end. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is a, is a horror movie. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about about this, though, and that is you watch this on HBO Max? I did, yeah. The aspect ratio on HBO Max is fucked. Okay, it's weird, right? I was wondering about that because it starts off and it's just like little rectangle in my screen. Okay, then at just some random point it changed and then it went back at the end of the movie back to the little rectangle. Yeah. What the fuck was up with that? So it's in like, it's in like, it's in widescreen but then like super small version. It felt like a YouTube rip where it's like right. shrunk down on the screen. It's and strange. And the thing is, the YouTube rip is is widescreen the whole time. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I don't know what HBO Max's deal is that they have this like widescreen to four three thing going on. But it was real frustrating knowing like that the movie looks great and every scene could have looked way better. But I, you know, I I don't know why. It's That's HBO Max has that. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was really, really wondering about that. If like every rip was that same quality and that same weird shifting aspect ratio. Huh. Is there even like a Blu-ray of this? I feel like there's not. Nope, but it's been announced to come out this year, um, later this year. So there, there is a like a, a DVD format that... I believe it was transferred from a 35 millimeter print. And so it's not like the full definition, but the Blu-ray is supposed to be the full definition. And I would, I would love to see it in the highest possible quality. Yeah, me too, man. Cause it's a beautiful fucking movie with, like we said, great editing and great cinematography. Uh, it's, it's really fucking rad, man. I think this is a really, really, really fucking sick movie. And I feel like the, the length and the pacing are just right. Like there's, yeah. 
you know, there's some like downtime in the movie, but it's always there for a purpose. It's always there to be like he thinks he's safe now. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. That. And it's only what? Uh, it's a little hour, over ninety minutes. Like yeah, it's I like an, it's hour, an hour thirty. 30 hour 40. Yeah, it's not so really that long. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's tight. It's compact. It's full of action. I mean, a helicopter explodes. Like yeah. It, you don't see some of this stuff in horror movies, which is why I get people being like, oh, it's an action or it's a thriller. Sure. But I think we need to see more uh, helicopters exploding in horror movies. <laughs> like, I think I think I'd like a lot more action horror, which I we've talked about before. And we'll talk about again in Action August. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like, I don't really have a lot of complaints about this. No, I don't either. You know? like I do not either. Other than the fact that it makes me feel kind of dead inside at the end of the movie, <laughs> and it makes me think about just like the 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 utter futility of killing the guy that ruined your life because then your right. life is still ruined afterwards, and that guy didn't even care about dying anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is it is yeah. It's an empty ending, but totally empty. It, it also asks you know you know it asks the question I guess of like. How how much of our humanity is tied up in our morality and like, do, you know, do events in our lives have to change who we are fundamentally, etc. I think I think those are good questions to be pondering at the end. But oh yeah, and just thinking to the level of the killer, right? Make it right. Like, does that absolve anything? Does that make your life better? Actually, uh, I mean, yeah, deep I thoughts. Think- yeah, I think uh, for me, like, and, and it probably would always be a personal answer for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, killing this guy is a good idea. <laughs> yes, because I mean, he he's will not going to go on to pursuing you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't see Jim Ryder going on to like I don't know, like cure puppy cancer. I don't think he's going to do that oh, with his life. Yeah, what if he uh, that? What if that was a side thing he was working on? Like he <laughs> he goes home. Like there's a. Let's just say there's a final scene at the end of the credits and it just cuts to his house and there's just all these puppies like waiting at the door like oh <laughs> and you see lab equipment it says puppy cancer research <laughs> and there's like a little post that says check mark cured <laughs> cured <Did> it. <laughs> celebrate tonight yeah no. note to self buy champagne i don't know <laughs> oh man yeah. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, are we rating this thing? What's going on here? Let's do it up, man. Let's fucking rate Let's this. Rate thing. Her. What, what what kind of a nombre are you putting on this thing? I mean, I I don't have a complaint about this at all. I have zero complaints. Yeah. Um so uh, gosh, it's hard to not give it a 10 because yeah. it does everything I want it to do and redefine like villainy in my head good god uh, yeah. like, so t- a 10 yeah I, th- I think that's a fair assessment it's hard not to honestly like in terms of just like execution what the fuck can you complain about mm-hmm. you know um in terms of just like personal enjoyment i, I can't say 10 because it does not make me feel good yeah, um it, it makes me feel very bad <laughs> like Watching this movie, uh, again, even uh, the second time all the way through the other night with Kate, I was just like, yeah. man, 
I feel bad after I watch this. Like, I want to watch Bob's Burgers. I want to do something to, <laughs> to fucking pick me up because it's just a journey of this kid being crushed by unknown forces and yeah. getting vengeance but feeling no relief from it. Yeah, he never wanted it in the first place. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say, like, I'm going to say, like, nine for me. Yeah, it's fair. I think this is insane. I don't know why more people aren't talking about this movie. I don't know why this yeah. isn't more heralded and celebrated as a, a movie because, I mean, Jesus, it's fantastic. Rutger Hauer is unbelievable. Uh, like unbelievable. one of the the sickest villains in a movie I've ever yeah, seen. Ever. I, I, yeah. I want to watch that remake, um, and I'm going to go in ready to be disappointed. <laughs> I would imagine you will be. There's also a, a 2003 sequel with C. Thomas Howell. No, uh, I also did not watch that. What? I just didn't. I didn't see any. Like after watching this, I was like, "This is such a fucking perfect movie. I'm not gonna waste any of my energy on the sequel or the remake." Yeah. Totally. That's probably yeah. the right move overall. I look forward to hearing your all thoughts about this over on our Facebook group, which is just growing, growing. One million strong and growing. That's right. Over there on our Facebook group. Find us on there. Hang out with us. Everybody shares all the funniest and coolest shit and insights. So hang out with us there. Hang out with us yeah, on our that. Instagram page. Just find everything on our link tree. That's the best way yeah, to do it. Yeah, link tree forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. It's got everything, including the, the screaming chat link. So, uh, you know, you can join us on uh, Friday nights. We watch uh, a movie. Uh, th- this coming Saturday or Friday, we will be watching The Last Drive-In, which is coming back, uh, and, and chatting on Discord. Uh, there you go. Also, our Patreon link is over there. Head on over, become a patron on any level, you get access to our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Become a patron on a $5 level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl, and then we Ooh. draw from that Smoking Bowl, and then we review the movie from the Smoking Bowl, and th- that's the thing that we do. And then you have it forever. And then you have that. Uh, and in fact, we're doing that for next week, but we're not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to tune in to our social media for the video of the drawing in which I picked, eh? I almost uh, told you. I almost that's told the you. one. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'm excited because mm-hmm. I ain't never seen this one, uh, and I think it's going to be a fun time. So be sure yeah, to stick around be. for next week's episode of the show. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Uh, rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Still the only places that podcast reviews matter. Yep. Be sure to do that. Carve our name into a tree. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll help. Uh, but make sure it's one of those trees that you can carve into without damaging it, because then we don't want to look like the assholes who damaged the tree. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not talking about going out to that, you know, that redwood forest where right. stuff is like a million years old, and you're like, yeah, yeah. it said fucking uh, dead and lovely uh, fucking <laughs> fucks on this redwood. Don't do that. Don't be a jerk. Dead and lovely fucking fucks. On That's a rad. million year Thank old you redwood. For writing that on a redwood. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna lie. It would be pretty cool. Would be pretty cool. It'd but do it with cool. like but some don't. like tree safe paint or something. Okay, that's more friendly, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe you go out and you you paint our name on the back of a turtle somewhere. Actually, don't. That can be bad. Um, yeah. It can absorb yeah. through the shell. So don't do that. If you feel tempted Wait. to paint our name on the back of a turtle, don't do it. If your town has a water tower, climb up on it. And write, dead and lovely fucking fucks. 
in John Deere Green. That's a good idea, man. If you have a long range um, laser that can shoot at the moon, Ooh, yes, and you like you know like lasered the dead and lovely logo onto the moon, I think yeah. that would be fucking cool. Gosh. Personally, that's just me. How how long you think it is before? You just can't even look at the moon. Like it'll have an advertisement on it. How you long? You know, yeah, that you know what? Probably not long. I think I think that's How long one of the things you that you have to pay for DLC to see stars. Oh, my God. I think oh, that's something Jesus. that's gonna come with uh with Elon Musk buying the moon. Which oh, they just announced fuck. this week. Yeah, yeah. Is he buying it for like a hundred billion or I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay. Yeah, I hope yeah. the, the stock plummets and uh, he loses everything. In the moon. Moon stock has just fucking hit an all-time low. <laughs> Maybe it does. I don't know. We'll, have to t- well, we'll talk about it next week on the show. Moon used to be highly priced, but nowadays oh, yeah. it's like, ah, dime a dozen. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, you'll have to tune in for updates on that on next week's episode of Dark and Largly. Here That's with us. your amigos, T.O. Ben. And uh, Hollywood Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the direct translation, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> be sure to tune in next week. You guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. Goal! Whole time I was in Mexico, nobody screamed goal. What? I know. Not once. Uh- All right. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Name three movies you believe are road core and explain your answers. Now for the essay portion. Which fictional hitchhiker do you find most fuckable? Please provide reasoning. And of course, the bonus question, this is for obviously plus five podcast points. Ben mentioned seeing Mystico wrestle while in Mexico City. For which Lucha Libre promotion does the former Sin Cara currently wrestle? Everyone be sure to post your test answers on the internet so everyone can see. And then I'll tell you if you did good or not, I guess.